0: Hey folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. Back after a long absence, you'd say. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff has happened. We'll get to that later, I guess. But more importantly, as our first episode back, since our little unexpected hiatus, I decided it shouldn't be just me on here uh, going through everything. I wanted to have some folks that I know who are a big help. You know they helped me get started when I first put the podcast together. Um, so I've got the Off Center Archers, and for those of you who have listened to their podcast, they always keep it interesting. And um, you know it's not your boring, boring sort of thing. And like I said, they do keep it interesting. So uh, you guys want to want to go ahead and say hello? You
1: want to go first? Or you want me to go first?
2: Oh, Jesus! Uh, <laughs> I <can> do everything. <laughs> This is Stephanie and my co-host.
1: I'm Anthony. Yes, we're (laughs) we're a a husband and wife duo that have started our podcast for fun because uh, we didn't find uh, many females in the industry that were doing podcasts uh, or involved in archery podcasts. So me and Stephanie decided for fun to uh, start one.
2: No, not really. That's not really why. Don't even lie. Don't even put that out there. Don't even try to gain points with the female crowd.
1: Oh whatever.
2: We were just like, Yeah, what do you want to do? Ah, let's just do this. Why not?
0: (laughs) Well, you guys started out, you know, as just a regular, you know, do it for fun sort of thing and something to do together. And it's grown a lot since then. And now you're even manufacturing your own stuff. And I gotta tell you those uh those shot trainers are really, really great. So the students that I
1: Good, I'm glad.
0: Yeah, I the students I passed those out to um, are using them daily. I've got two of them that hang up in you know in my shop where I train people over here, and they grab them and they're like, yeah, th- this this thing seems like really simple. I'm like, yeah, and you can spend a couple hundred bucks on one that's really complicated, or just use something like this that's really simple. And they're like, really? i like, they don't get the whole thing. Like you know, sometimes simplicity is better than anything else. But yours are really well made, and they're like, and they make other stuff, and I'm showing them the other stuff you sent me. And they're like, oh, this is all so cool. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So now you know what it does, but uh yeah, you guys started small and you've gotten big time and of course Stephanie with her thing with the uh with the lanyards and everything else that she makes. I mean, I I've gotten a few of them from you and the the workmanship's absolutely great on those things. Um you know, I'm sure you guys are keeping yourself busy like that.
2: Yeah. I
1: have yeah, to say. Especially <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie is much more busy. You know, the, the, the 3D archery, the 3D printing side of the business is relatively easy in yeah. comparison, I would definitely say. You set it and forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, you know, I, I make the design. Uh, I, you know, I got a bunch of our friends down here in South Carolina that they love to play test dummies for me.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And, um, they give me my feedback, whatever, for whatever designs, but...
2: Absolutely, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially all the, <laughs> other guys, the, shop, the guys at the shop we go to. Um, so it's pretty much once the design is done, it's done, and it's just manufacturing them over and over and over, but Stephanie's main portion of her business is been chaotic through to say the least.
2: And who would have thought that it was from, we started out with the archery, with all the slings and the bino straps and the chair straps and whatever else, and then I got Tons and tons of orders of calling. Really? Which was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I, never, well. I never would have thought.
0: And stuff to carry the turkeys around as well. So, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, the it,
1: turkey totes, yeah.
0: The turkey totes are uh, – I never even thought about that sort of thing until – and until you've, like, strapped one, you know, trying to carry it out of the field and it's, like, a 25-pound bird, like, yeah, that kind of sucks. And you have a little turkey tote, then it'll help. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been one, you know, everything morphs into something else. So like when I started this, it was just for my students and then other people started, you know, saying, Oh, somebody, uh, somebody put me onto this and could you answer this question? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And like, it's gotten bigger and bigger. And I guess everything evolves over time. But, uh, like you guys were, were kind of missing in action for a little while, just like I was, but you guys had that car accident and everybody's okay with that now. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, this uh it well Anthony wasn't involved. He already left work and I had the kids with me. Yeah. And um but this woman, she just decided to go through a red light. She actually admitted to me and the trooper on site and everyone else that the light was taking too long and she wasn't from the area, so she decided to go through the red light because <laughs> she thought the intersection was clear. Wow. That was the, probably the most absurd thing ever to say that it was taking too long long.
3: yeah yeah
2: Mm yeah so she still she we still have the court date to go to i mean i settled. no one got seriously injured and everyone's okay the the car took the hit you know it got settled out but um i mean the important part was no one got seriously injured so you know everything kind of got settled out but they're still keeping that court date so i'm guessing because i had two minors and then the third car that got hit had a minor that got um she she got a little bumped up but they yeah. I think they're gonna hit her with some some pretty hefty fines on top of what she's already paid. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah that that but at least you guys came out of it. You know, material things can be replaced. You can't. So you and the Oh yeah you know, you and the kids are okay and that's all that really counts and all this. Of course you had to go out and get another car after that I can only imagine. And like I went through that yesterday going to get another car and not for nothing, that that's something that no one should have to go through more than once in a couple of years. But
1: oh, yeah. oh I, I agree. <laughs> it, well, most, most of the time, buying a car buying a car process is a pain, I guess. But I mean, Stephanie went to Carvana with the car we have now, and yeah, and like this the is most not painless fifteen minute car buying process. And we're not sponsored by no no ad no ad. But man, <laughs> so
2: I gotta say, they are going to destroy dealerships. That was probably the best Mm -hmm. card buying (laughs) experience I've ever had. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny, like, even now, because, like, there's a lot of rumors going around in the archery industry about how companies are reforming their sales initiatives and stuff like that. Yeah. And I swear to God, some of the companies are stealing ideas from Carvana for sure because (laughs) there's a lot of sales reps that don't exist anymore and everything is going digital.
2: You can buy your bow and all your accessories on the toilet. On the
1: toilet, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I yeah. just not realize you said it, and I
0: repeated it. Yeah, I think Obsession was one of the first ones that wanted to go, like, direct to uh, – well, uh, there were a couple of companies that tried going directly to, to the consumer, and then, like, everybody else was just doing it through the pro shops and all that. But, like, Elite, you can order it directly from them. Um, you can do a lot of mm-hmm. different ways, and they'll ship it to a dealer who will set it up for you. So, like, they've gone hybrid with that sort of thing. It's a model that works. A lot of people want to yeah. avoid the pro shop altogether, especially if you live somewhere – that there's no pro shop nearby. Years mm-hmm. ago, people right, around, around here, their big thing was, oh, I want to get a Bowtech Bow. But they couldn't get a Bowtech Bow over the mail if, uh, if there was somebody locally who sold it. And th- say if there was one dealer within 90 miles of you, they're like, no, you got to go to that guy. So then they, you know, if there wasn't somebody, then they had the Bowtech and the boonies program. You can get it ordered from wherever. I don't think they do that anymore. I think now it's strictly dealers because there's more Bowtech dealers. But... Everything changes over time, and like you said, I bet they will go back to dealer you know, to uh, factory direct order whatever you want. Because if they cut out the middleman, right. you know, it's going to be bad for pro shops, but then pro shops got to go ahead and live on service, which we both know. A few pro shops can get by on service if they know what they're doing and they do it really well. But those ones who are oh, yeah. you know one one and done sort of things, like going there, wham bam, thank you ma'am. I don't care if I ever see you again. Those are the ones who are going to disappear, and they really should not for nothing because there's a lot of them like that. But well, when, yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's with everything.
0: You know, you get a really good shop who knows what they're doing, then people keep coming back to them. I mean, most of the stuff that I see in my business they're all people who bought their bows somewhere else they come to me and I fix them because they never want to talk to the guys who sold them the bows again because they're like it was that bad an experience but I'm like okay then you're going to see that sort of thing happening you know what it is PSE used to sell direct at one point and then they start, they stopped doing that now who knows if the, if the industry goes back in a direction I'm sure they'll find a way to do it again but,
1: uh, so, I'm sure why, especially now with the, you know, the whole pandemic situation. Yeah. Everything has gone digital because it, depending on what state you're in, like now, I mean, like I said, we're in South Carolina, so there's like no mask mandates here. No one gives a damn about any <laughs> of it. Um, you know, <laughs> And, and it's, like, down here, nobody's afraid of nothing. The South is a completely different. And I grew up in the Bronx, in New York. Yeah. So when I see the shops up there, like when I was younger, going to like Frank's Sporting Goods to go buy my Browning before Browning got absorbed by PSC and whatnot. Yeah. It was a completely even different atmosphere back then. The stores were so crowded. There was no, I mean... The situation down here is so, so much different than it is up there.
2: Yeah, but yeah. the problem now that you're going to run into is that if it gets shipped directly to whoever's purchasing its home, then a lot of people do not know the initial setup of the bow, what they're supposed to be looking for, what oh, they're, yeah. how they're supposed to be setting it up. And honestly, it's probably in the, the best interest to send it to a shop instead of the person's home because yeah. of the fact that if they don't know what they're doing and they mess something up, then they're looking at, let's say they buy it from uh psc yeah. then they're gonna look at them like well um what was wrong with the bow and how come this happened or how come but it could be their you know not knowing what they're doing that could actually damage something
1: yeah i, those I those think buying right miss yeah. yeah. t matthews <laughs> over here whatever <laughs> <in> <laughs> their own shade.
0: yeah i think that buying <laughs> buying it online and having to ship to a shop who knows what they're doing and has a good reputation for it probably works right you know, but there are going to be people right. who want to I'm, do their own thing. Because not for nothing, try to buy a bow a bow press right now. You can't find them because everyone's do, buying them. No,
1: out. no, not at all. <laughs> Let's three D print some. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Say, oh my gosh! A gosh. It's a joke. <laughs> i to say three D print a bow press. You can
2: print. You can three D print a gun, a, an actual working gun. Technically
1: illegal. Yes, you can do it. No, print.
2: it's not technically illegal. Those no, guns
1: it's are not. Illegal. No,
2: that's no, it, it, it is fully legal if you are do not have the intent to privately sell it but if you have the intent to use it in your own personal use you can legally 3 print a, look it up you can 3d print a gun okay, that's
0: fine. I
1: have no as long as it's work. not
2: for resale then it's fully legal uh, you do not have I any have no laws against them. it I'm
0: just you know, I don't get into the whole 3D printing of <laughs> firearms only because I don't want to go to jail. This is New York City. And yeah, if you yeah, have yeah, yeah. pocket knife, you're going to go to jail anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't bother with any of that sort of stuff. But, uh, Even though
2: yeah. you can kill someone with a, uh, anything from the kitchen.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, the, <laughs> the only thing good that I've ever found on Archery Talk, which is like the trash city of the world, um, is that you would find plans for, like, do-it-yourself bow presses and stuff like that. But you'd also see some of the dumbest things in the world, like people trying to press a bow with a block of wood that they put together or something like that.
1: Yeah, that, that I've seen. I, I've, I've literally seen people use, like, ratchet straps that you buy at Walmart yeah. and think it's a great idea to hook it to the cam. Is yeah. that
2: the redneck bow press?
1: You know. The only, uh, thing, the only thing <laughs> I think that's out there that you can build yourself is a drawboard. That's the only <laughs> thing that's safe because it's like two, you know, two wide sticks and huge bolts and, you know, a, a gear-driven ratchet and stuff. Fine. Yeah. That's safe. You know, it's got the big crank handle, but a press?
3: No. Yeah.
1: Hey, Bobby, no, no. I got it. <laughs> I watch some cringy YouTube videos where I'm like, oh, God, please stop using the press. You don't know what you're doing in the first place. Stop.
0: Yeah, I you know yeah. bow presses I saw plans for them on there. Most of them involved trailer jacks or some other stuff, and then they got the old mm-hmm. ones that involved chains and like just a regular pneumatic jack. Like, and if you did that, and you press the bow according, you know, grabbing it from from the riser, you'll bend the riser or you'll snap it or whatever it is. So, it some of them like the trailer jack ones, if you know how to weld, they work. But I would still yeah. rather get something that's really made for it. I've even seen people co- copying Dudley's press, the the Express Pro. I'm like, really? You guys are copying that too? And they make it with such light and shoddy stuff that it just, like, bends and breaks and does all kinds of crazy stuff. So you're right. You're better off buying it from a manufacturer if you can find one. And, you know, even the Chinese are getting into making a, co- a Chinese copy of these things now. So I'm like, uh oh, it- Well,
1: I mean, come on. <laughs> the Chinese are copying everything.
0: Yeah. They do copy everything, yes. Uh, they've yeah, copied Hoipos. the new
1: <laughs> company. So, so Alita or something like that? Yeah. It's, based, it's basically yeah. a copy of Hoyt and PSE slapped together. Yeah. I
2: just know Win-Win. You
1: yeah. know, that's a recurve company.
0: <laughs> didn't no, Win-Win makes compounds too. They've been making compounds for years. They they don't copy anybody's designs or anything like that, but yeah, they've been making compounds for years. They're just not very well known. They're they're known for their recurves. I know a few people have win and wind bows, and they're actually pretty well made. Would I shoot one? No. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but, I've, I've yeah. seen the recurves. Those, those limbs are very very snappy. They're fast. With yeah, the recurves.
0: yeah, you know. But uh, like everything else, the Chinese will find a way to copy stuff. And th- this is why I tell people: I said, if you know, if someone's going to copy something. They're going to put it out there. They're going to be people who buy it, regardless of whatever they say about, you know, I want to buy American, this and that. Yeah, when you don't have any other choice, these people buy stuff. You know, I've seen... Oh, yeah. I had a guy come into me uh, over the summer that I happened to run into at the outdoor range, and he said, "Um, so I I bought a bow at Home Depot. I'm like, you bought a bow at Home Depot? He's like, I ordered it from their site. I'm like, are you serious? And I go on my phone, and they have bows, arrows, targets, releases. I don't know how that ever worked out. It's like somebody was selling through the Home Depot site or whatever, but it came shipped from Home Depot, and it was some Chinese oh, version wow. of a bow, and he got a release from there. He got the arrows from there, target from there, and the bow was like 120 bucks or something like that, and it was a target bow. I'm like, really? And He's like, yeah, but I don't know what to do with it. So he said that he took it to a pro shop and they told him that they wouldn't even work on it. Go buy something else that he has to buy, buy it from them. And I, I looked at it and I'm like, listen, it's a Chinese bow. Accept it for what it is. But that doesn't mean that we can't help you set it up. So I helped him set it oh, up. yeah. And, you know, the, the strings are, you know, the strings are whatever they are. They're they're not great quality strings. I actually copied the strings for him, made up another set of strings, and it was all good. And he was happy with it. And the bow's running fine. It does everything that it wants to do. So, it just because somebody, that that's why I keep on tell people telling people like I the one thing I know I really really don't want to see is brand shaming because they're like oh you got this so you suck you should really have this or the Hoyt fanboys tend to do that a lot sometimes but it happens with everybody. <laughs> you mean the purist? Oh, yeah, they're purists if that's what you it's want
1: to the call them. Yeah, they, yes, yes. they take you to watch a Teen Team Red thing. flooded like a river and think they're going to smack everybody <laughs> down here in South Carolina where the the yellow wave is ridiculous.
2: Can wait, can we just start calling uh, them I'm, the I'm the lone
1: uh, PSE guy in the flood of wait. yellow here.
2: Can we, can we actually just start calling them the Swiss
1: Guard? Okay. Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> wow. Call <laughs> them the Red Coats for the British. Wow. Area. Now, well,
0: well. like up here, it, it's mostly Hoyt stuff and Matthews that you see up here. PSC is not that big. Out West, everything is PSC. Um, oh,
2: oh yeah. Hoyt Hoyt is red. The Swiss <laughs> guard has red. <laughs> I
1: know. Yeah, so sort to of the red coach from Britain. Stephanie.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, you see, like when when I go to a local shoot up here, it's about sixty to seventy percent Hoyt, the, or it, depending on where it is, or you'll see at fifty percent Hoyt, forty percent. Uh, Matthews and a small percentage of like everything else. Um, you don't see now situations. down
1: here. You see Hoyt recurves. Really, that's yeah. Down here, it's all math for the most part. It's I want to say seventy-five percent Matthews recurves and not recurves. Matthews compounds. Yeah, um, a mix of P S C and prime, but Hoyt. It, I almost feel bad for them sometimes when they show up to a 3D <laughs> event down here in the woods because they get surrounded. Wow. They will purposely put the single Hoyt guy with an entire group of Matthews. Just oh, see that one funny. guy
2: with the gearhead. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the gearhead, You're like, hey, guys, what's up? Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm that 1%. <laughs> that's the
1: dude I'd want to shoot with. I'm like, oh, he's got a gearhead. He's got that Terminator, bow. let's go shoot No, bro. no, no.
2: Him and the elite guy and the prime guy all kind of grouped together.
0: That's <laughs> all the 1%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you, you see all different brands um, around. And the fact of the matter is if the bow is tuned right, it will shoot just like anything else. People have their preferences. Some people like a bow that does this. Some people like a bow that does
3: that. Oh, yeah.
0: Some people want to spend $3,000. <laughs> you know, if you, yeah. want, if you want to spend $3,000 yeah, on a bow. Yeah, we have
1: friends like that. <laughs> really? We have friends <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, you can get the one guy who shoots the Martin. And the other Spanish guy who shoots the uh, the Martine,
0: the martinez with the
2: uh, <laughs> with the sombrero.
3: On. <laughs>
0: and, and I'll tell you something: when I go to an outdoor shoot, I see guys with full target rigs throwing up over there, and I'm like, you know, something. If it's a 3D shoot and it's like a championship or something like that, I'll bring the the target bow. If not, I'm just shooting for fun, whatever. And a target rig can be a lot of fun, but at the same time, like, I shoot pro division, so I'm like, yeah, it's work. But I break out the hunting bow, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to knock around and have fun with this. I got news for you. Some of the t- people that I see shooting over there have bows that are 10 and 12 years old, and they smoke anybody with a target bow because yeah. these guys oh, are hunters. yeah, for That's sure. what they do. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. I can shoot this. You know, and then we'll see yeah. something like we, we had at, at Waxaby, which is the club I belong to, um which if you guys ever come up here uh i'll take you for a tour of the club you can shoot our 3d range and all that but um we have a bear that crosses a stream on top of a log and people are like oh that's a cool one but it kind of sucks because it's a downhill shot and they complain about it like crazy and i'm like okay um so i I'll, they complain i complain about that they complain about it they're like oh it's it's oh, a, it's a come hard on shot down to
1: south carolina <laughs> the, come it, to south <laughs> <laughs> carolina i'll put you on a of course, that my buddy Joey sets up, you will hate life. <laughs> he is the master at twisting people's emotions. They complain on if
2: it's not a straight shot. Mm-hmm.
1: They so- do, yeah. I mean, we we have the like we. I mean, we have pro courses down here. I mean, the, the local to us is the the Wallaces. I mean, everybody knows yeah. who they are, mm-hmm. and they're members of Heatley. Uh, Whatever, Jacks awesome, Sharon's awesome. I mean, <laughs> the nicest people on the planet. Um, and we, I go down there to shoot the 3D events down there. And like I said, my buddy Joe, he is the master at just twisting people. And people will complain. And he's like, well, I don't understand why they don't like the challenge. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe the target at 42 yards between two trees that are in the shape of a V <laughs> might mess with people because the only thing you can see is the 10 ring. Yeah. If you go for the lower 12, think about it, your arrow.
2: Listen, they're at home. Their wife gives them a hard time, and they try to get away from it, and then the targets give them a hard time. Whatever,
1: man. That's why I always give props to our guys down here. They, they, they shoot 3D events down here like they're hunters. They don't care, you know. They they like to have fun, and they know too. Like they know everyone that's going to show up to the course. All of our bows, our target bows, are going to be set up for you know known forty, known fifty class. Yeah. And then once a year, they'll purposely do this whole event where every target to deer, and then after that that 3D shoot is done, they do a challenge event, and this is the you know reach out and touch a target yeah. Set up. so you know like the first target we were on for the, the group that i was put in that day was 80 yards i'm like nope going back to the car i'm going to get the inertia out and we're going to go and shoot the boat that's targeted out to 120 and just yeah. reach out and smack a target mm-hmm. yeah so, exactly
0: well you know with, with that particular target the one thing i've learned since since doing this so long is that if you're going to do something, no matter what it is you do, it doesn't make you a difference, Archer or anything else in life, if you're going to worry about it and hoof and holler about it, then you're not going to be very good at it. And the best people I've ever seen shoot at these targets when they come in there, they're not using the $3,000 rigs or anything like that. They walk up to the target. They're like, hmm, that's different. Okay. And they just whack it. And they'll they'll oh, yeah. they'll center punch that thing, and it'll be over. Meantime, the guy with the target post complaining about it, and he's looking at it, he's like, oh, "This is a hard shot," and he winds up shooting like a four, or a five, just putting it on the foam. I'm like, "Really?" So that that's when mm-hmm. you can see, like, if if you are relaxed and you know what you're doing, it just happens. And at the same time, some of these guys take themselves way too seriously, and I'm like,
1: yeah. oh yeah, no, I agree. You know, that- I absolutely agree with that. Like, there, there's times when I see. Like, I mean, we've had the coach conversation on our podcast when you were on with us Uh and you see a lot of pressure that's put on a lot of these younger kids where it's like, okay, you got to try and keep serious, keep focused. And it's like, one, you're 14. You want to be serious? You need to have a 15 second window of seriousness. 14 to 15 seconds. Because that's all your shot process should take. 15 seconds. The second you let that arrow off, if that shot was good, I better see a smile on that face and you better relax. Yeah, but if you're
2: talking about.
1: I mean, there's too much pressure put on people because they're like, oh, it's a sport. No, you started this to have fun.
2: Well, the thing is, though, if you're talking about kids, because you mentioned the 14, 15 year old doing it, then they're also the parents are kind of putting on them what they wanted to do with themselves, but they couldn't do. And now they're passing it on to their kids that, you know, with any kind of sport, not just archery, it's anything. Yeah. That they try to make them be better than this and do this, right? And that and don't do this and do it this way. And that's just the parents' other problems they have that have nothing to do with how much you buy, what kind of bow you do. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, so it's, you have all those other issues that you're kind of, starting to run into and people good. get older and then they they have other underlying problems that they're that have nothing to do with with the bow they bought or the shot it's just
0: well mostly what i see up I here know. is is people who are living vicariously through their kids they're like yes, yes. oh yeah for sure that's
2: the word i was looking for yeah. but i couldn't spit it out they
0: they they pushed them so hard and i'm like you know something this kid doesn't even want to shoot you're may, they may where they may have had interest in it once. They don't want to do this anymore, and parents like that, I don't have the patience for. I'm like, listen, yeah. First, no, I, I agree. Do, I sit down with the kids and I'm like, we're here to have fun. When you stop having fun, you need to tell me because if you're not having fun, there is no point to this anymore. Like, well, my mom wants me to compete, and I'm like, oh. Okay. And then I pull this this one little girl. I pulled her aside. She was twelve. She's like, my mom wants me to compete, and I have to do well. And um, what's the way to put this in an easy way? So she comes from a background where doing well in school and doing well in every single thing in life, including competitions, is, like, mandatory. It's not an option. So I I told her, I said, I pulled her aside, and I said, listen, you're going to have fun doing this. The day it doesn't want to be fun anymore, it kind of turns into a job. And you know what happens with a job? You're grown up. So if you're not going to be grown up, you're 12 years old. We're going to have fun doing this. And she looks at me. She's like, okay, you know, I'll try. And I'm like, no, you're going to, you're going to have fun. Trust me. And I started alternating her target. She's like, what, I get to shoot at a foam target instead of paper? I'm like, yeah. You know, and I put out a zombie oh, yeah. out there. I put an ogre out there. You know, it, you know, just switch up stuff for her. And she really took to it, and she was happy with it. Um, her mom's like, Well, she has to be in nationals by the end of the year. If you, if we don't see any progress, then we're gonna get somebody else. I said, Okay. Wow.
1: That's too, Dude, that's horrible. That's too much pressure for a kid, man. Yeah, you know,
2: this is a, a family friendly friendly uh podcast. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say she threw she needs some some words thrown
0: at her. <laughs> a, a serious kick in the socially.
1: ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you gotta learn. You want to get people and kids, especially, into Archer or whoever. And, I yeah. mean, we try to, even on our show, I mean, we're definitely a show that's not safe for work in any sort of yeah. circumstance because uh-huh. we're trying to keep this extremely PG for everybody. Yeah. Um. You know, you want to get everyone into it, but you want them to start off knowing it's fun. You know, yeah. Sure, you gradually might get into some sort of competition phase, but you shouldn't jump into stuff like,
2: like gung, the- gung-ho.
1: That, you know, I I have to do, because I've seen that before, too, because, like, when we were in New York before we moved to South Carolina and I took my transfer here, there was a kid that was doing 3D competitions. He was going to 3D competitions at a PSE Stinger X. Yeah. In my opinion, probably one of the best starting bows on the planet. because Exactly. So, super adjustable. This kid was going to these competitions, straight beast mode, just wrecking everyone just annihilating everyone in the whole known division. I think he was a known 30 because of his age age group. And along come his parents, like I think the third tournament in, fourth tournament in, they make they buy this kid a Perform X, you know, 3D, 37-inch model. He went from a three-pound bow to a five-pound bow and 30-inch stabilizers instead of running hunter class. And they're like, well, I don't understand why he can't hold the bow. I'm like, do you know his stinger was like, I don't know, four and a half pounds with everything on it. Yeah. That bow with nothing on it is heavier than his entire setup was before. Yeah. You know, you're going to blow your kid's shoulder out. Let him have fun. Let him get stronger. You know, we'll, we can add some more weights. You we can give him a sidebar. Cause he was only running a 12 inch front bar to be yeah. legal for his division uh, for his age bracket. And it's. Otherwise it, he's it,
0: freestyle. It's, it's too fast. And he's screwed. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah, you see parents, a lot of them, no knocking, because I know there are some parents that are awesome. I mean, some of these parents just, it's zero to full throttle if they see the kid make a eye. Yeah. Let the kid have some fun.
0: No, and, and like I said, I've seen stuff where I had someone actually tell me, my kid has to be on, on a podium by the end of the year in nationals, or this is not going to work for us. I said, then I'll tell you right now it's not going to work for us because I have had kids that make it to nationals and do very well. And that's not something that I will force any kid into. They progress at their own rate. I will help them go along. But I'm not going to force somebody into the into this thing, making them think that if you don't have a gold medal at the end of this, then you're worthless. Because that's the way they talk to some of these kids. And when I see something like that, I mean, I tried to shield the kids as much as I can from it. But you see so much of it. It's like. Ridiculous! I'm not seeing a lot of it since this whole COVID thing happened because, like, there's no competitions. But as soon as things go back to normal, as we call it, those people crawl out of the woodwork again, and they'll start doing that. And then there's they have coaches that I can think of two or three of them around here that they'll bring them to because they have a reputation for that. And the guy will be like, "I'll work them to the bone until we get them to where you want." And I'm like, "I can't see anyone telling that to a kid." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! You're not going to play that game around me." But yeah, I know a few people who do that sort of thing. And it really, really just pisses me off when I see something like that. But they, they these sort of people do exist. And, you know, kids, like I said, I have a simple rule. You're having fun. So if, they, if they're if they having a hard time, you know, working with something, I'll change it up, fix it up for them, whatever. We'll do this, make it a little bit interesting while they're learning something. because. You you guys remember the the original Karate Kid movie, not the other ones that came after that because was so bad. Yeah. But uh, so he he taught him without knowing that he that without the kid knowing he was being taught. He's like stand the floor, stand the floor. Like okay, so this is what you do. Show me how to do this. That's really blocking somebody or this is hitting somebody. And he's like really. And if you teach kids the same way, you kind of get through to them. But some guys are just like, okay, I'm USA Archery certified, and. I know they're the NTS system. If you teach that to a young kid, okay, they're gonna look at you like your head's on backwards. Maybe, I mean, some kids can understand the rigid stuff. Other can't. Other kids can't. And other kids are like, uh, you know, they get bored. I'm just like, look, just shoot your bow. We're gonna show you how to do this, and we'll help you improve, whatever. And the kids like it a lot better. Other kids, you know, they they see this uh, such a stringent sort of thing set up. They don't want to do it again. It's not fun. I mean, what are they going there for? Right. You know, so we we see a lot of that over here. Hopefully with the whole COVID thing starting to go away, I know it's lightened up a lot more by you guys than it has over here. Finally, they're letting people into restaurants. Oh, my God.
1: Down here, South Carolina is off to the race. And they're like, oh, there's not an event this weekend? Let's add one. (laughs) Every weekend. (laughs) I mean next weekend we ha uh next weekend is the R one hundred down in Georgia and if that's like in I think an hour and thirty five minutes from I me, mean, something like that. Yeah. That place is going to be packed.
0: Yeah. I mean uh, you know. up here this past you know, this weekend, uh yesterday and today, they had at, at our range they were hosting the um the Mid Atlantic Championships part of the NFA mid uh shoots. And normally in past years over a weekend like friday saturday and sunday you might have 150 200 people show up for that shooting over the three days because they hosted in multiple clubs i think this this time we maybe had 20 people per day you know 20 people here 20 people there because it limits the restrictions and people are scared to come in and this and that sort of thing so up here you also yeah yeah.
2: yeah, you also have chrome up there running the uh
0: We're His not gonna going to get political so. here. We all know what was done. What was done. <laughs> <laughs> We're not
1: go political. I don't know, man. Just, <laughs> just that list of women is getting larger and larger. Yes. Well, <laughs> I
2: it's not one. political. He's just the Grim Reaper walking around New York City right now. Yes. Yeah,
0: I know, sending people in nursing homes and stuff like that. Yeah. No, my
2: my whole point my whole point of bringing him up is is not political. But you you see, like South Carolina. A lot of the shoots have a lot more, a better turnout. Some of the other states have a better turnout. And then you look at some of the other states that have been more restricted and the the fear behind everything being pushed and on the news and everything. And those turnouts are less because either people really either buy into it, like, oh, I need to stay quarantined in my home, or they're just too afraid that if they go to some of these things and the other things you start seeing on the news of these, these people fighting and... Um, people getting kicked out and mm-hmm. and videotapes and it. A lot of these people are not showing up to these shoots. Yeah. So when you have stuff like that, it's not so much. It's it just political. It's starting to affect those things. So you get in the division between certain states. Yeah. So Certain states like us. You got Texas. You got the lower South. Florida. Florida is like a free for all. They've been like a free for all.
1: Florida so, heard the vitamin D from the sun yeah. gets rid of covid the beaches were
2: (laughs) so then so you got all the events still running and all the archery events and everything else still going on and then you got all the people that are stuck up north that are are showing up and like you said there's like hardly any anyone showing up Mm -hmm. so unfortunately there's starting to become a divide where either everything has to reopen and it goes back to normal or you're going to see a lot of these events being pulled from the northern states like the northeast and then you got on the other coast, uh, California, Washington, yeah. Oregon. Memphis.
0: Like up here, they canceled Lancaster. It's pulled out of there. Yeah.
2: They,
1: yeah. They canceled, yeah. Which that, is a huge. That was shoot. horrible. Yeah. That was horrible yeah. it Lancaster came out, you know, just big puff in their chest, like we're <laughs> not going to do it And the states. Like you're canceled, bro. It's like, oh. oh. Yeah, and you then you got events said, like
2: yeah. tax. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I my, <laughs> If you want to hear my turn, though look to our podcast. Yeah. That is not how I say it on ours. No,
2: but and then you got you got events like tax. Tax yeah. brings in revenue for hotels and restaurants and the, the area community. and everything right. else. Yeah. Exactly. Like we go to Tennessee and that whole town is it's a small town. It is not highly populated. There's not a lot going on. It's not touristy. But man, when they go in, you got the hotels that are full of books. Yeah, got restaurants that are fully packed. They probably have
1: one of the best places in the, yeah. in the
2: country. And, and they don't realize oh, so. that this whole, you know, fearing people into not doing these things, that events like this are just going to say, then forget it. We're not dealing with you anymore, and then we're just going to go elsewhere. Yeah, and they'll, and stay of, revenue they'll stay out of states. the
0: states that are hot states for it, and they'll be like, no, we'll just go wherever we can do it, and we'll have double the yeah. number of events, and people will come all the way out there, and they'll do that. I mean,
2: exactly. Okay, oh, yeah.
0: every year we have Vegas, the Vegas shoot. Imagine what Las Vegas is like right now because they – well, okay, to put it simply, they they lost – all those casinos are closed for for six months or whatever it was, so they had no people over there. Now the biggest archery shoot in the world, which is the Vegas shoot, was canceled during its scheduled time. So all those hotel rooms that were going to be sold and all that – they lost all that. They lost all the food sales. They lost everything over there. Yep. Imagine what's happening mm-hmm. to that town right now. Now they're going to have another Vegas shoot. Um, you know, they have a virtual one, and then they're going to have an in-person one. Um, but it's not going to be the same thing. It's a different time of year. Wow. You know?
1: I don't know, man. If they do decide to do some more of those virtual things, someone needs to tell Sarah Lopez to slap that gerbil because her data rate is horrendous in Colombia. Oh my God! <laughs> I tried to watch her last. Virtual shoot, and I'm like, okay. So we know her router can handle the phone that's watching her, because the signal has to go handle, through. Cut- can't handle the camera because it's like, I think she hit the yellow. I just see a blob. Hmm.
2: Yeah, because it's the the signals trying to go through customs first. Oh, no! I
1: mean, everyone knows. <laughs> if you ever listen to our podcast, everyone knows. Like, page comes up, Sarah Lopez. Oh my up, god!
2: Can I just interject? Know? For all the female archers out there that are trying to get into video and doing their own thing and, and whatnot, man, you don't need to pile on the makeup to be oh, videotaped. Oh wow. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Tape, pace. The she she's a great shot and she's you know, when she talks, she's very respectful, she's not an idiot. And she knows um yeah. Yep, she doesn't sound like someone that's outdoors and her name begins with an A. It's
1: her and,
2: oh, God. You know she <laughs> the, the amount of makeup that is just on her is just it's just very disturbing.
0: Well, I I had uh, that I had that with a couple of girls that that came to me who were sports girls. They all played softball. I had four of them, um, two of them were sisters, and the other two were friends of theirs. They played softball in college. Okay, and they I don't know if you know about people who play softball, but the girls wear so hey, much makeup. Hey.
2: Hey. Hey. I don't know man I played softball yeah. and I've, I've never bought any makeup I think lip gloss is the no, well, because we had to
1: go to a wedding You we paid to have makeup on at our wedding yeah, if you Except check out any of these college games months,
0: even the high school games the girls up here they doll themselves up with so much makeup I'm like you're going to sweat with that stuff on there well that carried over into these girls shooting over here because they actually started shooting in local shoots and stuff like that and they wouldn't spend an hour and a half working, you know, getting their bows ready before the shoot. They spend an hour and change doing their makeup before a shoot. I'm like, oh, wow. Really? And, you know, like everything else, they, they did it because it was a thing and they did okay with it. And then they just gave it up. And I'm like, okay, you know, there's if you do it and you don't have to go all dolled up and you're just having fun, they're like, no, no, then what's the yeah. whole point? I'm like, okay.
2: You know what? <laughs> uh, coming from the female voice, so no one can say anything about this from the female side. If you go with all the makeup to a shoot, and then you're because you're single, you want oh like see maybe someone see me, and then you see someone and things work out. Guess what? When you wake up the next day and there's no makeup <laughs> on you. They might turn around and do the, the what is it, the Irish exit, oh, and you'll never see them again.
3: Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. Oh boy, it's oh, better, oh, boy. It's
2: better to put all your cards out there from the beginning so there's no surprises. And look at that. Nothing's let down.
0: Yeah,
3: well. I'm just
2: putting it out there as a female. You, you don't want to be any, uh, no um, masks, no costumes, <laughs> no deceiving.
0: Yeah, that, that's the only thing, you know, I, I don't want to be mean, but that's the only good thing that's come of the COVID, <laughs> because cer- certain people should be wearing that mask.
1: <laughs> Not for nothing
0: to oh, spare yeah. us. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, really? Okay. You know, and then what Just happens? Just
2: you and turn the video on with the video chat. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So, so you know that that has been the only good thing to come out of this. But things are starting to get back to normal. You guys are normal down there. Um, slowly, we're getting back over here, and I thing is, it's coming just in time for when the warmer weather shows up because we're in March right now. So we should have a couple more snowstorms before. You know, we get April weather again, but come April, Mars. I had to
1: mow my lawn today. <laughs> no storm. Yeah. My we like grass is growing.
0: We were like 29 degrees this morning when I got up and then it's like, it's going up into the forties and fifties, but it, it I think is- it was
1: 63 today while I was mowing the lawn. Wow. Well,
2: it, it was, it goes down into the thirties for us right now, but then it, it jumps. To the 60s and 70s so it'll be it'll double the temperature from night to day wow. i still
1: just love the looks i get from the neighbors you know it's like 30 degrees outside in the garage and i'm out there in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and they're all <laughs> looking at me like i'm like i'm crazy
2: because what is around? this
1: dude on and i'm out there working on my performax or something like i was today <laughs> and it, it, needless to say when you're in a neighborhood too and you know our thankfully the development we live in we have quite the large yard. Yeah. So happy, I girl. can, Yeah. I can set up an 80 yard range in my backyard. So today I I, I was out after I mowed the lawn today. I uh, took a Formex outside. I just had my brand new gas strings put on the bow and the new keep and all that nonsense and, and doing all the tweaking. And I'm toying with some arrows. I'm, lately I've all of, I've been running is black eagles and, I got convinced to try out some victory V Pack arrows, so I've been toying with those. They're and
2: bigger and you can hit the line easier. No,
1: I am not I'm running <laughs> the same size. I'm running twenty threes. I'm not running fat sticks. I'm not throwing some sharpies down the lane. I'm still running twenty three I was running PS twenty threes before, which I destroyed every single one of them. Uh huh. Um but now I have, I have both I have challengers left over and then now I have these V tac so, you know, I'm doing all my tweaking, my arrow rest adjustments, and my neighbors will literally stop behind me like, you can hit that block from here? And I'm like, it's only 40 yards. And they're all <laughs> like, 40 yards is not a lot to you? Let me get my hunting bow out. I could put this thing down by the street. And hit it. You know, Well,
2: you know? when you're talking to people who don't understand the yardage yeah. in, in relation to shooting certain things or if people aren't out and they actually don't get the concept, mm-hmm. it might seem a lot lot farther. I mean...
1: Oh, yeah. It, well, like the other day, when I was out there, before I had the strings on, the, the one neighbor stopped. And the woman in the car is like, are you sure it's safe? Okay, is wait, rewind. Right the woman what? in no, the... No, okay over.
2: No, no. no, where
1: Her husband stopped. came into play, <laughs> Her husband literally stops her and goes, baby, baby, watch this. Can you see where the lung diagram is in the heart? And, I'm, and She's like, yeah, why? He's like, Anthony, you still aiming for the heart? I was like, uh, yeah, that's about the size, you know, a little bit smaller than the 10 ring, so that's my aiming point on my target. All right, watch. She's like, but how far away are you? I'm like, hold oh, on, I pull out my range finder. I'm 43 yards, so I'm max of known 40 length. Okay, so wait. You can hit that little thing that says hard as they give me one second and I drew back and I fired the shot off and I hit the hard at 43 yards and she's like, oh, we're good now. I ain't worried about you missing the target. Bye-bye. <laughs> and they, like, drive off. I'm like, wow, that's all it took was one hour to convince somebody I'm good. Okay, sweet. All right. <laughs> Well, I don't you know, have to worry about the HOA coming after me now.
0: <laughs> Over here, I mean, I get a lot of students from word of mouth and stuff like that. But what I also do is, like in the afternoons when I'm done with work, because I'm working from home these days, who cares? Um, I'm close to the to the outdoor range. The outdoor range is like five minutes away from my house. And that's the only free outdoor range in all of New York City. Um you don't need an oh, apartment. Uh, you don't need anything. We've got about two fo- football fields across and 109 yards down. So it's it's a big, big field. Um, But I go over there, and I bring my target with me, and there might be four or five people out there, and it's the Northeast. So everyone thinks that Bows are designed to shoot only 20 yards. And the guys who are out there. Yeah, yeah. I love
1: that, that. That thought is hysterical to me. They're like, you want to see a video of me shooting a buffalo at 129? Come on, look, I'll show you. I love showing people this video. Trust me. So, well, I... the
2: thing is, some people, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, so... go ahead, go
0: ahead, go ahead. Some people. It's
2: my like woman tendency kicking in to, to talk over everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that female side. Oh, of we're getting canceled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee. No, it, it, it's funny because some people also have brought up the the issue of they think it's unethical to shoot anything over a certain yardage. So that like this 20 to 30 range is what you're supposed to be in. Like you put them out in the woods and they can spot and stalk anything. Yeah. So, but yeah, some people think that anything over like 30 or maybe pushing 40 is just unethical to shoot at. So you should never go beyond that certain yardage and there's no reason to practice at it, and there's no reason to do it, and
3: yada, yada,
0: yada. Well, mm-hmm. up up here, frankly, if you shoot a deer at anything more than 20 yards, you're yelled at, screamed at, told that you're a Satan, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that you should not be doing that sort <laughs> of thing. Um we were up in New
1: York, I shot one in Orange County at 72, and I got screamed at.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I had one picture posted on Facebook. It's the only one I've ever posted. Um, actually, I didn't post it. Someone posted it for me, uh, one of my friends, he's like, oh, here's my buddy Angel. He shot this deer at 93 yards. Okay. Picture of me with the buck at 93 yards. The the storm that that unleashed from these guys was oh, yeah. unreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's
1: so amazing. It, it, you know, and, and that's, I think that's one of the biggest problems right now that's going on in archery.
2: And most of our females, too, that come after you.
1: <laughs> no, no, not for me. For me, it's been male vegan. Oh, yeah. one that we're going to leave that portion to the side. <laughs>
2: okay, so females, right?
1: <laughs> if you want to call them that's <laughs> fine. Oh, wow. Female dogs. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, anyway, but it, that, to me, that's one of the biggest things in our troop right now that there's a problem with. Besides the fact of putting stress on the kids. But it's the, well, if I can't do it, you can't do it. Yeah, listen know, it's like I know for a fact if a deer is under 75 yards if it's a 150 pound deer roughly I have no problem hitting it yeah. I can drill that deer double lung it no problem you know and people are like well I can only shoot at 40 listen I'm a decent shot I know I'm a decent shot I don't even say I'm a good shot I know I'm a decent shot I know it you think I would ever have the sack to tell somebody like Levi hey don't you dare shoot that deer at a hundred. He is the goat. Mm -hmm. He is the man. I'd be like, let me see you shoot it at a hundred instead. I'd be sitting there like a cheerleader. Like, yeah, please do it. Please do it. Yeah. But you know, it's so horrible. People can't like, if someone, if you see someone that has the confidence to do it like you, I know for a fact you can do it at ninety plus. I know for a fact I can do it at seventy five plus. Yeah,
2: I cannot do it at hundred.
1: You, no, no, you probably <laughs> within sixty <laughs> you'd be golden because you are a better shot. Than <laughs> oh, I totally missed
2: that. What was a hundred and two? What that one shot that I the what was it a moose?
1: The moose, yeah, it the was one 99. No. Well, it was a down slope. It was actually reading 104 Then with the correction it was reading 90. Yeah, I
2: missed that.
1: Yeah, no. Um, but it, it, it's one of those, you know, it, it, it's so horrible to see that, you know, people have the confidence to do it. And I mean, this is going on in cult, standard culture anyway, where it's like, well, if I can't, you can't. Stop that. Well, you know? yeah. It, uh, you gotta look at the people that are better and see if you can emulate them like me. I could tell you right now, me, my buddy Dougie, Donnie, all of my entire crew, Arthur. Donnie, you have a crew?
2: When did this
1: happen? All of our friends, our crew, (laughs) whatever you want to call them. I don't care which way you want to word it. Every (laughs) one of us has listened to the the notes and ideas and stuff you've said in your podcast yourself. And everyone has been like, yo, if you you guys are ever on Angel's podcast, make sure you tell him thank you from all of us. Because his little hints and tips and stuff have all made us a better shot. And don't be that guy. Oh, my God. And the don't be that guy. It's <laughs> is, is epic. Oh, I almost cursed there, too. Oh,
0: we're going to have <laughs> a don't be that guy part on this one. Don't worry. <laughs> oh,
1: <Old> man. <laughs> <hiding. laughs> um, um But it's, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, we, we look at our, our crew of people. We look at stuff like you say uh, from the coaching aspect, from the, the technical knowledge aspect, and we're like, all right, cool. Can we make this work for us?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And like, we've had feedback like that because of me, because I've been a mechanic. I mean, I'm 43 years old. I've been working on cars since I'm 12. Right? you 44? No, I'm 43. I'm not that damn old. A portion of the woman. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I know for a fact, like, I've broken my left hand a couple times. I've broken my right hand twice. You know, I've dislocated joints. So I know for a fact I have nerve damage in my left hand. Especially on the uh, the palm region for your thumb, basically where you stick your grip for your Roger. Yeah, I can't put it the way you see everyone like you know how Dudley shows it to let it float on the fat meaty part of your palm. I have no choice but to put the the, the base of the grip on the the, the palm lines in my mm-hmm. hand in the middle of my palm. Yeah. If I don't, I'm in a lot of pain.
2: Well, that's like Wallace with his shoulder; he has to set a certain way because
1: yes, of the car exactly. accident. Uh, you know, and that, that's an actually a perfect example. Jack sets himself in a certain way, and mm-hmm. because he was in a death-defying accident is the best way to put it. I don't know how he survived that accident, but I've seen the photos of it, Jesus Christ. He
0: and I've heard him explain to people, like, I do it because of that accident and because it's the only mm-hmm. way I can do it now. And I, I tell oh, people, you have... yeah, I've heard him explain it. He is
1: fantastic.
0: And I tell people that, you know, and and this is where I get the screamers coming at me. Um, they, they're they like, oh, well, you're not doing a textbook. Even Dudley shows you how to do a textbook. I said, and if you went up to him and asked him if that is going to be the only way to teach somebody, what do you think he's going to say? Like, he's going to say that you have to do it this way you don't do it at all? I'm like, no. And this is the problem. I yeah, have well, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Because it's going to work. Totally it's going to work for a great majority of people. That's true. But there are going to be people mm-hmm. that it doesn't work for and you have to do things that make it work for them. In your case, you have a hand problem, so you move it over. You make an adjustment. Big deal. So what? It works for you. That may not work for someone else, but because of what you have going on with your hand, you've had to make it work for you, and you make it work fine. Mm -hmm. If you try to copy some of the best target shooters out there and do what they do, okay, you you guys, if if you watch YouTube, if you go to shoots, he doesn't do 3d shoots he does mostly target shoots but most people have heard of real wild and real wild is a world oh, yeah. world class shooter but when he shoots the dude leans back so far that like that's not orthodox whatever it is but the guy wins world championships and gold medals all the time why because this is what works for him okay
1: mm-hmm. oh see- yeah that's like why you try to watch like mike slosher and stephen hansen they got that crazy like Flashing, and whatever,
2: whatever.
1: <laughs> right. They got that crazy, like European pimpling with like thirty-seven ounces on the front bar, and you're like, he's you can got hit a skulls target?
2: on his stabilizer.
1: No, that's uh, that's so, third, no, yeah. that was that's third... from Italy. Oh yeah, sorry,
2: yeah, right. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, he's got skullies on his stabilizer. Like no. me, punching the trigger works. I don't give yeah, a shit you what you like say. Yeah, you shoot like the guy
1: from PSC. Uh, <laughs>
2: my ninja chop on my release works.
1: Yes, you do. yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Stephanie's thumb looks like a hurricane punch when she pulls oh, wow. the trigger. So, like, literally, her thumb is like next to her index finger, and it's like ah, bah, bah. You, you watch it through like this uppercut, <laughs> like a Mike Tyson uppercut to the thumb button. And I'm like, You really need to stop doing that. And then you look down the range, and she's got a balls line. I'm like, I'm just gonna shoot. It worked for works. Mike Tyson,
2: what? and it works for me. Yeah, it's yeah. Like,
1: it, I mean,
0: you tell people they got to shoot with back tension, you tell people they got to shoot as soon as they see it on there. There's all kinds of different things that work for people, but like getting back mm-hmm. to, to the people that, that I see when I'm at the range, okay, so. They shoot at 20 yards, and they think it's sacrilege to put it at 30 and 40. Then I show up over there, and, you know, because we call clear, and everybody, because wa- you got to bring your own targets with you over there. Everybody walks their target out to wherever it's going to be if they're putting up a new target. So I take my target. Put, they wonder why I keep it on a hand truck, because I got one of these uh, these bulldog targets that's kind of tall. So I'm like, okay, I just put it on the hand truck, and I wheel it out. And, like, then they all get upset because they're all ready to shoot. and I'm still walking out there. and because I'm walking out to 80 and 90 cuz and the guy's like what the hell are you going all the way out there for I'm like cuz I'm going to warm up I'm like at 80 I'm like yeah um what's the oh, yeah. warming up at 10 yeah. so, so I say your Absolutely. first shot comes in <laughs> you like oh no and then I'll put it something random yeah. like 83 84 and that's the other thing I teach I teach my kids I say hey you don't have to put it at 20 unless you you're practicing for a tournament you can put it at 17 you can put it at 23 I don't care you know, what I mean, especially if they're practice you know, if they're if they're shooting at a 3D target, and they're like, "Well, why?" I said, "Okay, hunting experiment. When you're in the woods and you're in that tree stand and the deer comes in and he's at 17.3 yards that you see on the rangefinder, are you going to sit there and wait until he moves exactly to 20? No. Are you going to sit there and make, wait until he moves to 10?" No. Are you going to say, excuse me, Mr. Deer, can you please move to exactly (laughs) 10 or 20? Pick one of the two because I can't shoot you if you're you're not lined up with one of my pins. And they're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, then why does it make any sense to practice like that? And they're like, now that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) So they they get that. But these guys are like, what are you doing putting it all the way out there? I'm like, okay, well. And then I I hit the first the first one in there. I usually group them like at eighty. I'll have like a one inch or two inch group if there's no wind or something like that. And I I bop them out there.
1: You get to in no wind.
0: <laughs> Occasionally <laughs> the wind stops.
1: Uh, and- oh, I'm not here, man. I don't know what it is <laughs> about my neighborhood, but holy. The, the, the flags from the developer and everything never stopped we got
2: Because we we're by farmland. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's all open. There's nothing blocking the wind.
0: And the thing that shuts them up is they see that I, I pop them in there and they're like oh, so you can actually do it. I said anybody can. And a lot of these people wind up taking a few lessons here or there, you know, or I just help them out and you know, and then you try to explain to them like why it's you know people shoot it other than twenty yards. Like I thought you were only supposed to shoot these bows at twenty yards. I'm like, oh well, okay, well that ain't the case.
1: I love that thought.
2: <laughs> that's the that's the key word right there. Supposed to. Yeah. And that people throw around too much.
0: It's the same thing. Like I teach the the hunter safety for New York, which right now has gone all virtual, doing it online and all that. I'm like, okay, that's going to generate some real crazy stuff, but we don't do the in class. They just said, oh, you can start scheduling your in class stuff. I'm like okay, maybe I will, maybe I won't, Uh, don't know, but we'll see what happens. But when I do the in-class stuff, like, I get to tell them about a lot of things that they're not going to read online, and one of the things is it comes up all the time. Well, you're not supposed to shoot the deer at more than 20 yards. I'm like, okay, and I shut them up with one line. Is it because you can't shoot the deer at 20, 20 yards, like you're not allowed to, or is it because you're not good enough to shoot it past 20 yards. Like, you haven't practiced right. at that. And then they're like, well, what do you mean? Like, if you're efficient at doing something, I don't care what the distance is, you can do it. If it's ethically sound, you can get away with it, and it works.
3: Yeah.
0: And then, like, there's a video of me shooting uh, my furthest deer I've ever shot was in a cornfield at 117 yards, 118 yards, Jeez, that um, And I tell people the story.
1: You so gotta sit there and be like, "God, I hope he doesn't move."
0: I tell people <laughs> that the, the whole reason I shot that deer was because he pissed me off, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, he. I I have my decoy out, and he's walking on a beeline to my decoy, which is only at 40 yards from me. And he's walking on it. He's coming, coming, coming. He gets to about 75 yards, and a doe comes out behind him. And he's like, oh, look at that over there. And he turns around and starts trotting back right to her. And You're better. I'm like, really? Okay. And I I said, you know what? That, that That's it. I, I, I took out the range finder. I see where he's at. I'm like, just stop. Stop for a second. And he stopped. With a quartering shot at me, and I'm like, okay, you're done. And I put it right on him and mm-hmm. I blasted him. And the doe watched him walk three steps and drop. And he, he literally took three steps. It was a perfect, perfect double lung and heart shot. And he right. went right down. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's standing there looking at him for about 10 minutes. I'm like, he's got to be dead by now. And then one of my buddies is coming back to the tree and he's like, so you see anything? I'm like, yeah, he's down in the field. He's like, where? I'm like, out there. He goes, I only see a doe out there. I'm like, yeah, he's dead at her feet. No way. I'm like, yes, yeah, way. <laughs> he, yeah, man. He angered that's
1: me. I mean,
0: yeah, that's, that's, and he's like. Sometimes
1: that's how you got to do it, though.
0: Yeah, but then he said to me, there's no way that, that you shot that thing out there. So I shot the doe and dropped her within about 20 steps of him. So I'm like, okay she she had come in cuz she started to walk towards us for some strange reason and i got her at 105. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm good. Let's go get them." And the whole way back that we're driving back, I'm giving him the explanation of how this works, what happens, and how shooting at 10 yards is the same thing as shooting at 100 as long as you know what you're doing. He then mm-hmm. took lessons from me. <laughs>
1: He's like, "Oh, yeah." Can't I would be believe real. it. Absolutely. I thought
0: that that was only what Absolutely. you saw on YouTube and stuff like that. I'm like, no, and his idea no, like people everybody else yeah.
1: so much stuff. His
0: idea like everybody can well, even screw up at twenty yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've seen people screw up five yards. I mean, there are people that I see shooting down at the range who legit should not be shooting at a deer that's more than two yards away from them because they're that bad a <laughs> shot at twenty. And I'm like, really, people? Just don't do it. Just, just don't do it. Um, <laughs> just stay home. I, I can, you know, I've shot deer with my recurve. I've shot deer with the compound. The the recurve. I'm good to about 30, but I know that's my limit, you know, hunting with that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I know people can shoot recurve out to 50 and 60 and don't care, and they'll hit them and they'll kill them. But me, I'm just like, eh, 30 is my limit, whatever it is. But I tell people, if you know your discipline, it's all fun, and it's all easy, and you can make it happen. But this thing of saying, I can't do it because someone else says I can't, that don't fly with me. It's the same thing I practice with all the kids. Don't let someone else tell you you can't do it. It's up to you. If you don't if you don't want to do it, then you don't do it. But if you can't do it and you you think that you don't have the ability, then you can learn how to do something. And that really, really works for the kids. Unfortunately, like we live in a world where they just say, well, you're not supposed to. And then they're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to. We try to break that mold around here, you know. But it's mm-hmm. so, so hard. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just uh, different, especially up here. You're shooting more than 20. How dare you? I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, whatever you say, dude. And you know, they—that's the kind of thing that I get, and I get so much of it. But you try to work it through people, and you know, when when I'm down there at the field practicing, like once I once I'm done working, I'll go out there and I'll throw the target out. Whatever. A lot of times, people just come to me because they want to learn how to do something like that, and I get a lot of students just that way. They're like, "Oh, I want to learn how to do that sort of thing." Okay, no problem. And then I've had other people where they, they, they ask somebody to teach them how to shoot, and they said, fine, you can shoot no more than 20. I'm like, really? Okay. But uh, that that's, that's just the sort of thing that's in the northeast. I don't think you see that too much down south. I don't think you see that too much out west because out west – the average shot for people is 50 and 60 yards when they're on those wide open... Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Out West, I mean, you're not getting, in most cases, unless you're an elite hunter out West, like guys like Cam Haines and whatnot, you're not getting within 70 yards of an elk. Yeah. So you're taking a bomb of a shot no matter what because those things seem to be able to hear everything.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, if you You see the ears on them, you know
1: know why. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, it's so funny, too. Like, when you see a lot of stuff with in hunting videos and stuff that's online, there's... People think, like, all these animals are all the same. Like, deers are hypersensitive to stuff, especially if you try to go to Texas and go after an axis deer. Out west, elk are extremely high-strung animals. Oh, yeah. But everyone thinks, oh, like, well, the, the bigger they get, the more high-strung they are. No. Yeah. Let me tell you, if you, if you want to hunt a moose, make as much noise as possible. Because they get nervous when it's quiet. Because they can barely hear over their, uh, uh, over their own footsteps if they're so loud.
2: No, Moose I mean, those are, damn things
1: walk through trees and knock trees down. Those
2: are scary. I was well, I, yeah, I, I mean, scary, of course, because but. I had family that used to live up in Maine, and uh, they—they're big.
1: They're oh, well, kind of goes along with Maine. There's nothing out there. Everything's kind of big. Yeah, big. the
2: fact that you can look at these things and you realize that okay, I can get trampled by this thing very easily. Like if he decided, you know what, I'm gonna just going to run towards you. And I can just run right over you. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't realize looking at them in video, and then seeing them in person. It's like holy shit, holy shoot. <laughs>
0: <Jeez>. <laughs> well, you know, like a couple of years ago, um, my one one of the guys that I I grew up hunting with. He he actually he showed me a lot about hunting in upstate New York because he's lived up there all his life. He passed away recently this fall. It's um, one of the people that, that I lost this year. He, um, we we were in the woods. On my property up there, on family property, and I'm looking through the through the binoculars. We're scouting deer, and I look down there. I'm like, "Who put those four trees there? Somebody planted trees on this on this property." And he's like, "Let me see that." He takes the binoculars from me. He's like, "Where?" I'm like, I point to him. Where is it? He's like, "Holy smokes!" I'm like, "Yeah, who put those trees?" He's like, "Those trees are moving." I'm like, "What? <laughs>
2: those trees are moving."
0: Yeah, the, those trees were a female moose. Uh, Ooh, oh yeah. man! Oh yeah. She she looked like she was at eighty yards away. She was really maybe I don't know. I thought the trees looked like they were close, but they weren't. They she was about maybe ninety, a hundred yards away. She was that big, and then he's like, Jeez. "Wait until she starts walking. Wait until she starts walking. You see, you never see moose in upstate New York all that much. That's why there's no hunting season for them." But the, she walks out, and I look at that thing, first of all, no offense, but a female moose is like the god-ugliest thing you've ever seen. It, without the horns, it's not an attractive animal.
1: But, no, no, it's not. <laughs> they actually look kind of goofy without the horns.
0: Yeah, but then she turned and she looked at her head, turned towards me, and I looked at the size of this animal, and I'm like, yeah, that's Jurassic Park walking around. And anyway, we had yeah. never yeah. seen one like that before. And people think that you could just get up close next to these animals and do whatever you want. And like, no, that thing will stomp the hell out of you. Um, I've been oh, on Moose Hots like,
1: Bears are cute and cuddly. Oh, oh yeah. no, no,
2: no, no. Bears. I've gotten close to bears because upstate New York, there's a lot of bears. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Black and bears,
2: a lot of we were. We've gotten, I mean,
3: I shot being,
2: well, being in a car was the closest that I've gotten. And it was probably like in a, a normal two-way street. You're if you're sitting on one side, the bear was on the just the other side of the street, yeah. and that's the closest I've ever gotten to one. And I, I have to tell you that I don't want to get any closer than that.
1: To no, bear. no. no. And these
2: people like the brown bears.
1: Black bears are tiny. The brown bears were the problem. The
2: Jersey area that they they outlawed hunting bear, and mm-hmm. uh,
1: was that still in? I think it is. think Jersey passes it. he would know more than we would. In New Jersey, so you, you
3: can't.
0: Currently in New Jersey you can't hunt black bear on state land. You can only hunt them on private land.
1: So that's the reason now we have black bear invading all of the upstate area of South Carolina, right? Really?
0: But
2: the thing is
1: Oh yeah, we have we we're in one of the districts where black bear permits are actually handed out now. Wow. You know, and and it's so funny. I mean, like you see all these animals. I mean, there, there's a lot of really good organizations. Like Rocky Mountain uh, Elk Foundation is one of them. I got a I got an, uh, a text message to one of the guys I used to work with up north, and it was, "What is this animal? I've never seen this before." <laughs> and it was a female elk. I'm like, "Oh, it's a female elk." He's like, "Dude, I live in Pennsylvania. I'm not in Colorado." He's like, no, nah, and I had to explain the whole thing. Hey, listen, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. They moved. They sedated 90 of them. They moved them to Kentucky. They now were protected the by there. law, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and now apparently there's like 30-something thousand of them, and they've moved in in the last two years. They've gone from western Pennsylvania, and, and, they, and they're finding them now in eastern Pennsylvania. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how much is this female weigh? I'm like, I don't know, about 700 pounds. He's like, that'll mess a car up. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> "Yeah, mess a car up. You might die if it comes through your windshield. Just as a precaution stay away from it
2: that's like hitting a moose they you know, they tell you now, this,
1: mooses are 2g's no, like they're heavy, heavy no
2: no no. my point is is that if you hit one with a car you're pretty much oh, done yeah. because you take the legs out and the whole body falls on the, falls the on center the of the car mm-hmm. yeah. so you, you're pretty much done at that point No,
0: mm-hmm. oh,
1: you're done yeah it's, right it's wild anyways. now you see all these uh, agencies protecting all these animals and getting the populations to grow and move back to where they haven't been for a hundred years yeah so,
0: wow! You you know it, it is crazy. I mean, you let politicians decide on stuff and they screw it all up. They don't listen to the biologists mm-hmm. who tell you that you can't do this or you can't do that. And like I I tell people, you go to Yellowstone, you're going to see somebody get attacked by a bear. Why? Because they think it's Yogi Bear. It's not Yogi Bear. Yep. Yeah, they
1: don't yeah, know yeah, what, yeah. They don't Yellowstone's know got a problem right now with what? Uh, brown bears. Yep. Montana's got grizzlies moving back in. Granted, grizzlies and brown bears are technically the same thing, just yeah. different food diet so one gets absurdly large in comparison to the other.
2: Yeah, but guess what? I don't want to be face-to-face with a grizzly. No,
1: I don't want to be face-to-face with a brown bear, the ones that don't eat fish and don't get massive. No.
2: Actually, polar, aren't polar bears even larger?
1: Polar bears kill everything. Yeah.
2: But they're the largest. So am I it's not like, correct with that? Black
1: bears be loud and nasty because loud sounds kind of intimidate them. Brown bears, grizzlies. Yeah. you know. But do, do grizzlies...
2: Pound for pound, get bigger than polar
3: or polar the larger larger. grizzly.
0: A a grizzly can be the tallest bear you'll ever see, and I've run into one that uh, that that bear literally tried to shake me out of a tree in Canada, and Mm -mm. it came up, and we were not hunting bear we we were hunting deer, and it's freezing cold, and this thing walked across because there was a bait pile maybe 100 yards somewhere else because they were hunting bear like the previous week. This thing walked across, took interest in me, and started to shake my tree.
3: Mm And I'm in the
0: tree stand, and I have a bow. I don't have my gun. I don't don't hunt with guns. So I have a bow there, and I'm like, if I have to put one in this thing's eye, I'm going to put one in this thing's eye. And I radio the guide, and he goes, unless he tries to kill you, don't harm it because he wouldn't have a permit for it.
2: Oh, man, oh, you're if he's me? trying to come up the tree, well, if he shakes the tree and I'm in it, it's called poop could going to be falling out of the tree because it's coming yeah, out of my butt.
1: <laughs> I'm going to turn back into a project and start swinging poop balls at him. He, but,
0: he, he, all he told me was yeah. to stay still. And he's he, like, they have, very, they have very short-term memory. He's going to look away and forget that you're up there. And as long as you're not smelling like potatoes or something like that or something greasy, he's going to walk away. That's exactly what he did. He just walked away after about 20 minutes. But I was like,
1: yeah. oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, people, understand. it makes me laugh, like how little people know about a lot of these animals. Like, I yeah. mean, there was a video not that long ago that popped up on, I think on like Instagram, this black bear climbed a tree and the hunter is just staring at him. And it, 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 it was it, it the woman one that talk you to it. No, that was a different one.
3: <laughs> OK, um, no,
1: this guy was just sitting there and down south so people don't know we have a hog problem. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you're in the woods down here you don't need your pistol permit a lot of times because the game wardens are cool. Yeah. Um, So they want you to have, yeah, if you're going to be bow hunting, a lot of times you'll see the guys with the chest holsters and we'll all have our guns on us. Like, I'll go out with my pistol on my chest, whatever. And this bear decides, oh, I'm going to climb up this tree. has no idea there's a tree stand up in this tree. (laughs) This dude is trying to stay calm, looks down at the bear, the bear's getting closer, closer. About six feet away, he takes the gun out of the holster and just looks at it the bear looks at him dead in the eyes. The dude racks this 45 Smith and & Wesson. And the bear was like, peace out, brother. And just climbed back down the tree and took off. Like, oh, maybe that bear has heard a ground getting chambered once before. Or... Well, it's
2: like that woman that was in her, her sitting in the tree stand and she's looking at this bear climbing up the tree and she's talking to him like just saying you're not supposed to be up here you need to go and the bear is just looking at her a couple of minutes and then just decides to leave yeah yeah like i wouldn't be that calm i know you're supposed to be and but i don't know it's, well
0: the, the bears I'm, are the I'm, reason I don't know. I don't, the bears are the reason i stopped hunting jersey where i used to hunt jersey because they just got too many of them i mean when i count 25 bears in a day that's a problem for my, mm-hmm. tree stand. Oh my god oh um, no and then imagine yeah, like this you're you're hunting in the fall when they have young cubs running around with them, so st- are still attacking. Oh yeah, to so they're they're like no, they're murder 50%. on sight, yeah. yeah. And, and you're walking to your stand in the dark, and I've seen baby bear eyes out in the, in the distance in the dark when I use my flashlight. Like if the baby's there, where is mommy? And yep. I am not taking that chance. So I, you know, the bear population got to the point where I stopped hunting those areas. Um, and with them not allowing bear hunting anymore, who knows what those areas are like right now? But it's this it's the mentality that people have. They're like, it can't hurt me. The cartoon would never hurt me. Why would this one hurt me? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, right. yeah.
0: Like, you know, and then yeah, that's
1: like, what, that was like I got a phone call probably about a month ago. And this is the one that kind of like will freak you out a bit because this is not something you hear often. Um same kind of situation. One of the guys that I knew from a Pennsylvania shop for the company I work for calls up and says, Hey, I need you to identify something for me because they had known me from the shop. I was at in New York. He's like, you know, what is this? He's like, why is this odd? He's like, I've seen coyotes. This this is bigger than a coyote. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the photo to come through. And the photo comes through. I'm like, if you see it again, shoot it. He's like, was it just like a really big coyote? I'm like, no, that's a wolf. You're in Western Pennsylvania. You can legally shoot wolves if they're on your property. If you see that wolf out there, shoot the wolf.
2: They're like gang members. He's
1: like, are, are, are you serious? I'm like, Yes. Yeah. Like, shoot the wolf because you, God forbid you let your dog go outside, go to the bathroom, whatever. That wolf's going to eat your dog, attack your kid. Mm-hmm. It is a big, big wolf. This are smart, too. And he wasn't like, you know, you, you sure it's not a German shepherd? Like, oh. did you notice all the spiked teeth? <laughs> like that like, that, that's not a German shepherd, buddy. Let me tell you, that's a wolf. That's a 120-plus pound wolf.
2: How do you compare a German
1: shepherd and a wolf? I don't know. I've I seen see, that happen. I I've feel like it.
2: I can distinctly, if you set two pictures in front of me, I feel like I can
1: tell apart. There's a, a breed. Well, I almost said species. There's a breed of German shepherds that are extremely long-haired, and they end up looking like black wolves. Yeah. No, not but, really. Look, I've seen those know. before.
0: Yeah, I've seen those before like that um, up here. My property in upstate New York, which is why I don't go as often as I'd like, it's a a six-and-a-half-hour drive for me. Um, Well, six-and-a-half hours the way I drive, four-and-a-half depending on if you're Speedy Gonzalez and want to just floor it at 90 the whole way up, which I don't do. But it's a long way up, and a couple years ago, we had a serious problem with coyotes. I mean, they were everywhere. And all of a sudden, like two years ago, we didn't hear a single coyote anymore. Didn't even see sign of them. And last year, then, I heard why. Because in the middle of the night, I heard howling. And I'm like, that's not a coyote. Yeah. That's a wolf. And, and
1: it, Yeah, there's a, that means there's a pack in the area. If wolves and, ain't there, I mean, if, if coyotes ain't there, it means you got wolves in the area.
0: So whatever coyotes were there either ran off or they got eaten. Because that's what happens mm-hmm. with these wolves. They kill everything on sight. They don't care. Yep. And they just tend to the They don't mess around. They spread. But, again, it's like what TV and movies do for people is, like, they condition them to believe that this is not going to hurt us. And it's the same way. What people see on TV, they're like, oh, you should only be doing this. You should only be doing that. And I'm like, "No, no, it's not like that for everything. But, uh, you know, even the the example I use is, um, for example, yesterday I'm buying the new car, okay? We talked about buying a car before. It's the same thing with buying a bow. So, like, people think that you just walk into a store and it's like, here's what I have to get. This is what it is. Because if you watch some of these TV shows, these people are like, well, this is what you should get and that's all you need. And, like, okay, if that's what it's going to be. So you're going to walk into a store because you saw the guy on TV. You're going to buy this bow because he says to buy that bow. And you're going to put a Garmin sight on it to cost you a $1,000 when you know nothing about it. And you're going to walk out like that. And there's a percentage of people who believe that. And
3: I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: You, you see that all the time. And I tell people buy what you can afford, buy what works for you. And hopefully the guy will do the right thing for you and you'll get something that's not going to break your bank and you're going to be just fine. But it's, it's gotten to the point with all the options out there where it's almost like buying a car these days and people want to buy a new bow. Every, well, some people want to buy a new bow every year. Some people want to, you know, they mm-hmm. want to hang on to the bow as long as possible Um the guys out there at Saluda River, I'm sure they're really good at how they treat people, like telling them how to do this, you know, this is what you need or maybe this is what you need. Um, oh, yeah, here. like
1: when yeah. someone comes into that shop and I've witnessed them do it, it's the, okay, I'm interested in this and that and I've seen this bow and, you know, of course, like it, I mean, Cam it's shoots there. a 90-pound Okay. Oh, no, Cam was not able to get a 90-pound Hoyt this year. <laughs> someone had to custom modify a bow for him. Anyway, um, and I've seen them literally say, okay, listen, we have the XR, or no, now the new model, the V3, the, the 27, we have 31. We also have the mission bows and this, that. They will pull a slew of bows out. Yeah. Okay, you want to try this, that, the other. And they have a bunch of bows, all sites, You know, aggressive. it's like simple stuff, whisker biscuits, three pin apexes, or something like that. And they will give a person, okay, you want this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they let people shoot every single bow and give them pretty much like the red carpet service of, yeah. okay, what do you want to try? I mean, but that's also it's one of the reasons why in South Carolina, they're they're one of the biggest shops known. I mean, they're, I think, they're number one for the entire state for Matthews. So. Yes. I you can say, say the
2: name. It's not, a, it's okay. i, started I the I'm whole sure it's okay.
1: No, Never. You, anyway. um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think right now, nationally, they're in. I think the number sixty or sixty-one for Matthew. So there's a reason behind their reputation in our area, and yeah. it, 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 it's it's wild when you see it. and And here I am, like you know, like my normal self, so the lone PSE guy, and I'm like, oh, I get to try the new PSE toys. You're know, not the
2: lone PSE I'm guy. One of them. I
1: am one of them for sure. Did you try? If the you new shot PSC an bow? elite, maybe. Oh <laughs> my God. Oh, don't even the, get him uh, started on that. The new evil thirty-two. It's yeah. EVL. Whatever evil. They, even the guys from PSE call it evil.
2: No, not the guys in PSC. The guys who were reviewing PSC. Like, oh, it's the EVL, but in short, evil. You're not really shortening anything because the EVL is actually technically shorter than the evil because it's less letters.
0: I think in one of the PSC commercials, they actually pronounce it (laughs) the evil, bow. He Um, does. And mine is on the way. which side are you on? They're they're backordered. I mean, the PSC has been backordered with a lot of stuff for a long time um because once mm-hmm. covid hit everyone just started buying everything that was available i sold out of my whole inventory within about uh, i'd say six weeks after covid hit i had nothing
1: oh i can believe it so, i mean especially now people are like was like we see a lot of well, i see a lot of complaints because i'm the PSE guy at the house um about oh taking so long for me to get my PSE carbon bow. yeah we do know that section of the factory had a large fire correct mm-hmm. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And they do and know that that's crazy the crazy. only
0: carbon that's not made outside the United States. That one is made here.
1: Yeah, exactly. In
0: the PSA oh, like
2: factory.
0: Uh, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> but Ooh, that's a hot topic. In our but, uh, but,
0: but the thing is that, like, I tell people, like, if you want to order a bow, order it now because it's going to take you six to eight weeks on the offset to get it. It's not like I want to be mean. I'm just telling you that's how long it takes. And some people are like, oh, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm like, okay, bye-bye. See you. This is what it is. I don't I play in reality, not in, you know, witchful thinking. I'm not gonna sell you something and tell you it's gonna be here in two weeks, and two weeks you come by. They're like, Oh, well I want I where's my bone? Like, uh, I don't know. I'll call it's a little delay and you try to stretch them out, whatever. I'm like, they tell me what the what the delay is, how long it's gonna be, an estimate. My guys over there will tell me it's gonna take you six weeks, it's gonna take you four weeks, whatever for production. And I tell people that. And you see a lot of that sort of stuff, stu- that stuff going on. My personal bow has not gotten here yet. And that's been, as soon as the bow got, got released, that order was in. So I won't see that one, I think for another week or something like that, but I have an EVL 34 coming in. So. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. yeah I, I only shot the 32 so far.
0: So my 34 is coming in uh, an 80 pounder ca- coming in that way, all, all blacked out and all that Embarrassingly, embarrassingly enough, I decided to go black with my with my bow again because I had black bows for years, and then like the last three years, because I change them every year, um, I decided, well, oh, I'm going to get camo, whatever. And twice in the last three years, I put my bow down in the woods and could not find it for 25 minutes. So. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. <laughs> um, like, I would never get the mossy oak again because that literally blends into everything that we have, you know, for the country camo mm-hmm. that PSE had. And, like, yeah, that was a mistake. Put that down, could not find in the leaves for anything. Um, go to help somebody oh, yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. The Cuyu Verde, the same thing happened to it. I'm like, no, no, I'm just getting black. And people are like, well, if the deer sees it in black, he's going to spot you right away. I'm like, if the deer looks up and sees a black bow looking at him, it's already too late. He's, yeah,
3: he's, he's
1: dead. dead. You know, but that's one of those comments also that makes that makes me laugh. It's like, oh, if it sees, it's like you do know they see in black and white, correct? <laughs> like, you know, what it's gonna think a black bow is in a tree. It's gonna think it's a branch. Yeah. Like you know, and, and, it, I, and, and it makes me laugh. Like some of the techniques that I, I've joked around with people, which I think are are jokes, and when I say it, they like, oh, you're so stupid. And You know, like, well, when you go through the woods, how do you hide the fact that, like, you have your bow with you? Like, this is going to sound stupid. I put it on my backpack with the cams facing up. What? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, from distance, it looks like the rack on another animal. it does look like that. They'll just stand there like dummies. They're just like, what the hell is that? And they'll just stand there and look at you. And if you see the deer, you just go behind a tree, take it off your backpack, lean out, shoot the deer, lean back behind the tree, and you're good to go. Like now, you've done that three yeah, times.
0: <laughs> that that's that's a really really cool thing to do. Um, however, yeah, as a hunter safety instructor, I would remind you that in the Northeast, most people will mistake you for a deer and shoot you. So, so over yeah, here, not yeah, yeah. the sort of thing you do over here. I actually had a guy that um, I I couldn't believe it when I saw it, but I was like okay, and I see him walking through the woods. It, it was in Jersey. And you know the rattling antlers that you have? Um, those plastic yeah, yeah, yeah. bunch really Yeah. He had them tied to the back of his pack, um, towards the top. And it when he was walking, especially when he was hunched over trying to carry his tree stand, it quite literally looked like a buck's rack walking through there. And I'm like, You are gonna get shot. I mean, that is literally yeah, yeah, yeah. antlers <laughs> on your back. He goes, I didn't mm-hmm. think a big deal about it. I said the person who's going to shoot you probably won't think a big deal, but they're supposed to look at the, you know, check what they're shooting. I'm like, supposed to and do are two different things. Don't count. People on without
2: someone. antler strats them
0: get shot. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, D- dude, you don't do that. Now, your thing, yeah, I can see doing that to disguise your, your, your view out there. But in the Northeast over here, it's dangerous. But most people don't backpack hunt out here. Actually, people don't even know what that is out here. Um, it, the average hunter in the Northeast, I we talked about this with some of the guys that I saw on the line during target shooting, but let's face it: the average hunter out here is not the most fit person in the world. Um, oh yeah, they they don't.
1: That's, that's a lot of hunters across the country. Yeah, tree stand gut. The tree stand.
2: Got, with the
0: tree, yeah, stand they, they're, they're tree stand. The gut. They, no, the gut. The tree stand guys who go into the tree stands and they sit. Then then they do sits. But when you go out west, you're walking you're walking a lot, you're walking miles, you're stalking, you're doing everything you're crawling on your hands and knees trying to get close to something and they're like what? I'm like yeah, the same reason I tell people like if you're going to go book a $10,000 hunt you better make sure you can shoot at least 50 or 60 yards because the guides are not going to get you 20 yards away from something in most cases especially elk and they're like no that's not possible and I've had a customer go to somebody and when he got out there the guy's like you know, you better be able to shoot 40 or 50. I can probably get you as close as 50, but no closer. And the guy's like, what do you mean? And they're like, this is open plains. We're hunting them below the tree line. They're going to be at 70, 80 yards at most shots. We can try to get you as close as 50. And, like, that just blew his mind. And the following year he came back to me because he wasted, I think it was like $18,000 on that trip because he couldn't get within 80 of any any animal. He's like, you got to teach me how to shoot far. I'm like, I'll teach you anything you want. I warned you about that. I told you it was going to happen. Yep. It just cost you eighteen dollars because you didn't believe me. <laughs> so that's what happened to wow. him. Wow. And the guide actually said, I will not let, you know, the, the, two things happened to him. One, he wound up shooting in a blind and didn't get a shot. He, got, he shot a whitetail instead of shooting uh, an elk like he wanted to shoot. It, luckily, they had whitetail around. I don't know what place it was that he had two of, th- two of those things in the same place because you really don't see them in the same place. But it was probably some cage farm or something like that. I don't know. But the guy would not let him shoot at the elk because he says, well, if you're going to go on the elk, um, we got to qualify you that you can actually shoot. Now, i have starting to see more and more of these people do that where they want to make sure that the person who they're taking out hunting actually knows what they're doing. And the guy couldn't hit well, yeah. anything past 30 yards he's like, dang, you're not hunting elk out here because we're not going to let you wing one all the way out there and just wound something. So they, they – they Well, they want birds. it to be ethical too. Yeah, mm-hmm. plus it's – I it, the way he described it, because he wouldn't tell me exactly where it was. It sounded more and more like he was um, hunting some high-fence big ranch or something like that somewhere where if you wound mm-hmm. it, you buy it or something like that. But um, they get their money either way. So – Apparently he, he couldn't do it, so they said, No, you're not gonna do it and the following year he went back and he got himself an elk, I think, at seventy one yards. But that was after taking a lot of lessons and learning how to do it. He he put his nose to the dirt. He was like, oh, I'm gonna keep doing this every single day and I would show up at the range and he was already there. And he was trying to do his thing. Right. You know, but but it worked out for him, you know. That that's all it – And I tell people, simplify your setup, don't go crazy, don't do this, don't do that, and they do it and it works. Or they don't want to listen and they go and they buy. You don't know how many Garmin sites I saw out here on the range that I told people, like, it's not going to make you. you No, it's going to guess the range for me and all that. I'm like, it's not going to make you a better shot. And it didn't. And a lot of people, you don't see any of those sites out here anymore. Why? Because people put two and two together Well, after spending a grand on the site that it didn't do it for them. Just because it tells you what the distance is doesn't mean you can magically shoot 100 yards now. So if you couldn't yep. shoot 100 yep, yards before, you can't shoot 100 yards now. Whether or not it can actually range it for you and do all that is irrelevant. And that was the one thing people were missing on all that. Like you still have to learn how to shoot. And they thought that it would take a 20-yard shooter and turn him into a 100-yard shooter. It did not. But there are some things that come out that, that do help people. Um, the the Beaumont nose button, that's helped a ton of people that I know. Like sticking it on there gives you another that point thing of is reference. Great. Yeah, it works perfectly, um, and using that sort of thing has worked. Your your uh, your shot trainer, simple shot trainer, that sort of thing, that helps people. Like you have no idea. I have a, a guy who I'm gonna do a podcast with tomorrow night or Tuesday. That you remember the the red dot sights that you put on a shotgun. Um, he found. Yeah, way- I
1: actually got an email from a from someone that produces one.
0: Yeah, he, he found a way to mount it on a bow. And it actually works, no peep or anything like that. Sent he called me up. One of his friends um, called me up about two months ago. Says, "Hey, listen, I got a guy who's coming out with this. He's trying to get it out there. Um, you know, you're, you're the guru of putting stuff on Instagram. Could you help him out?" And I, sure. So I, I was going to buy one from him. He says, "No, I'll send you one." And he sent me one, and I got it. I mounted it on one of the bows over here, and I had one of the girls shoot it with no peep or anything like that. I got to tell you, the thing is crazy. It actually does the thing, and she was shooting 44 yards with it, and had no problem, no peep or anything like that. She was getting like a three-inch group at 44 yards, and she never shot that sight before. I'm like, well, this is, there's obviously something to it. It's just like, you know, Aaron Lasko, he came out with the EZV sight. Most people are like, well, that could never work. Guess what? It works for a lot of people. So there's different things that come out that, like, they can be useful, and you can do something like that, but if people are not willing to try them, they don't work. And then there's other things that are hyped to death that suck. <laughs> I mean, yep. Like, And mm-hmm. you're always going to have the two extremes with that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's those things. Um, I, I'm just glad that now that, that we're back and I can resume doing the podcast, I can cover all the stuff that people want now. I mean – people most people don't know why i've been gone for the last two months and we had a lot of family issues i had the loss of a, of a grandmother and stuff like that and that kind of screwed things up then going through the divorce thing and all that messed up a lot of stuff so you know it's been a lot of yeah we, and
1: we've gotten uh questions from people well like, the thing oh, is is that you know what's going on make people especially after they found out with you know the car accident here in our house yeah it's been like all right good cool we know you know you know, everything in your house is good now. And, and because, I mean, we're in contact with so many of the, uh, archery podcasters. I mean, between you and then Rich from, uh, archery. Wow. I brain farted so hard right now. <laughs> archery geek outdoors, yeah. Rob Jones from off the arrow Shop, like, like those guys. And they're all like, Hey man, you know what's going on? I mean, you guys have been gone. Now we know, okay, yeah, it was an accident. You know what's going on with angel. I'm like,
2: well, like we I, I talked to this. Angel.
1: Angel's good. He, he's dealing with the stuff, mm-hmm. but he'll be back soon. And it's like, it's one of those where, like, the, people don't realize, even in, like, just archery, everyone's a tight knit community. The yeah. podcasting guys from the archery community are all tight knit with each other. Exactly. So, well,
2: yeah. the thing is, is that we don't do this as, like, a, a base of income or, like, our sole thing yes, or trying to I. get. Yeah.
3: It's,
2: yeah. 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 And so it's pretty much like, okay, well, if we had other things going on that kind of, overrule this and we don't see it as, Oh, we have to do this every week or we have to, it would, it's just say, uh, oh, okay, you want to record? Yeah, sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. My, my thing, thing is thing. That, that it kind of hurt because I, I use this as a tool to get out to the students that I can't see all the time. And, you know, it, it helps a, a lot of people that I know and gives them tips. And there's a lot of people out in the country who, who have come to listen to it a lot and then not being able to do it because of everything that everything was going on that 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 not only raised a lot of questions, you know, like are you okay? What's going on? And I I was you know not for nothing the archery community like you said is a very tight knit community, but even people who don't know you who listen to you casually or something like that they start emailing you, and I was averaging about forty fifty emails a week. Like when's the next podcast? Ooh. Is everything okay? You know, and I'm still getting I was still getting all the questions from from the listeners, like technical questions and. That's probably the only thing that I did keep normal. Like even with everything upside down in the life, I was still answering the technical questions for them, And I still do that because if I can do it, like I can't produce a podcast while all that was going on. But um, it hurt being away from the students and all that for a long time. But now that I'm back, it's time to go full steam into it. Cause I was doing the learning series and I was doing the video stuff. Now I got Within the next week, I'll have the other parts of the learning series and the videos all recorded and all that. and People get to see what I look like and stuff. Um, you know, dropped all the COVID weight and stuff, and that that, that, <laughs> that, you, that <laughs> you know that 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 was a big deal. I actually took part in a filming of a documentary that they did on whitetail management and stuff like that. Um, back in November, they started, and when they when they started in October November, I was probably forty pounds heavier. A little bit more than five. Oh wow! Years. wow.
1: Good for you, man. It's then then they, great shedding that Then much they,
0: they, they, they came back in January to film another part of it where they wanted to get some other interviews, and it occurred to them like, you don't look the same. And I'm like, gee, you think? <laughs> I mean, is this going to screw up <laughs> yeah, your right? filming? Because it turned out they they want to focus a lot on uh, f- when they're still producing it, and it should be done in April or something like that, or May for the film festival. So it's sponsored by some big outdoor company or whatever. But they they turned the whole thing from just being, like, other guys who are out there. You know, they want to film people doing deer hunts and stuff like that for conservation stuff. Like, then they focused a lot. They said they're focusing a lot of the majority of film on me and the program I have, the podcast and the kids and Leanne and stuff like that. So they were like, you look a lot different now. I'm like, yeah. You know, but. It's one of those things, like I got involved in a lot of different stuff, and now it's all coming back around, which is perfect. Uh, But, like I said, you take things one day at a time. You can't just rush stuff out there because I'd rather do something the right way than just throw some garbage out there that's going to be of no use to anybody. But uh, now it's going to work, and we're going to see what happens. But uh, yeah, you guys, with your stuff that you have, I mean, your shot trainer and all the other tools that you're making, those those people – out there who are going to see that stuff are going to want to come to you and get more of that stuff and i'm going to put those in my videos be like well you see this this is how you level a bow with this type of device And no, it's not a Hamsky that you spend 60 bucks on to get it from them do this and you know teach people how to do yeah, it i like it
1: <laughs> i mean I've, i never knock any of those companies i mean Hamsky makes like super super high-end stuff so and I, you can't take it away from it. They all make fantastic stuff. Of I mean, you have, you know, top of the line tools. I mean, granted, the people that are involved in the company are, are, are top notch people. As it is. Yeah. And ours, you know, when people ask me, like, well, our shot trainer is probably one of the cheapest on the market. Even the pocket clever that I do right now is pretty much one of the cheaper ones uh-huh. on the market. Um, and it's like it, we we get the question of well. Does the price reflect the quality? And I'm like, no, not really. It's just the price happens to reflect that we're two middle class people and we're trying to make yeah. make products for people like us, not for, you know, the elite in the sport. I know a lot of people that would just go gung-ho and buy everything elite because, you know, Levi owns it. But we're
2: or, also not trying to support an overhead.
1: Yeah. 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 It's can, just us.
2: Yeah. 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 Right. We don't have an overhead. We don't have a staff. We don't have everything else that we need to support on top of it. Like these other companies are trying to, like, you know, they have all these other things that they have to pay for what they're doing. So that price reflects everything behind oh, yeah. just the, yeah, yeah. Besides well, just it, the one item. Even if you
1: think about the machinery that's involved, I mean, if yeah. you it a, get, a, you know, a three, let's say a third access level from Handsheet, someone had to probably pay, like, I think a cheap. CNC machine, a cheap real CNC machine is like 30 Gs.
2: Yeah, they're yeah, expensive.
1: Exactly. We're doing it with a 3D printer at a hundredth of the cost. Yeah. Right. So there's no reason I have to charge $100 for something. No. no, and, and, and That's and not I, to take I, it away from them.
0: But at the same time, you're making something that actually works, that the average person can afford without breaking the bank on it, because not for nothing, the hamskies have their place, pro shops use them, guys who, who do this and can afford to do it, fine. But let's just say it's a kid. And once, you know, he, he's learning how to do something, he may not, he'd have to save up money to buy that hamski and he may not be able to, but something yeah. middle, mm-hmm. middle of the road, like what you guys make, is going to be a lot easier for him to afford. And not for nothing, the thing with the, with the, with the shot trainers, you make cool colors. Other people don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So- oh my God. People down here have
1: just realized that we make that, uh, the, the crystal colored yeah. one, the clear one, mm-hmm. they call it transparent. It's not really transparent. It looks more yeah. like crystal. People are like, oh, cool. They, all they seem was like, you know, the, the black ones we yeah. make, which is standard because every shot trainer on the planet really is made in black and black metal, you know, or some kind of. Yeah. Um,
2: well, because dirty being in your crowd. pocket going through a course, you're not right. going to see it exactly. as
1: much. And people have, have just found out in our area because um, Stephanie's products are at Saluda River Archery. They actually have them on the shelves there just in the, uh, yeah. the pro shop there. And they're like, where, where did this one come from? I've been making them for months. <laughs> What do you mean you've been making it for months? <laughs> I'm like, dude, you went on Stephanie's store and ordered your pocket quiver and a sling from her. He's like, yeah. okay, the photo you looked at had a black one and a crystal one. Did you not miss the select which color you want button? I'm like.
2: Yeah, yeah they have to actually select it from his drop down. Menu.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it it just makes me laugh. And now, you know, I'm we're messing with other. Colors and filaments that I'm toying around with. Um, all, like the pocket quiver we make, is, which is also, I mean, the pocket quiver we do is you have it on the site for what twenty dollars with shipping included. Yeah, and it's it, it's one of those stupid things. Yes, it fits in your back pocket, and then you get the stupid question of why is there seven holes? It's got seven holes because I'm a dummy. I lose my pen all the time, so I have enough holes for six arrows and a pen. That's how it works. <laughs> um, you know, and then I get the guys that Ashton. I, I kind of. I don't guess it's just like brain dead, didn't think about it. All of our group and our, the guys I shoot with, everybody shoots either 23 series, 25 series, or 26 series arrow. Yeah. And it, I purposely made it for 3D events where guys were getting sick and tired of carrying this huge quiver on their hips. All I need is my range finder, my, and they all wear the the chest pack. So we all yeah. have our binos and our range finders on our chest. But it became the okay, I have to now have my chest pack, I have my hip quiver, and that was, you know, I get the the, hey, hey how about you try and make one of these? Okay, cool, fine. I'll make this, and we'll <laughs> hand it up to the guys in the shop, and then if it works out, we'll put it on Stephanie's store. Fine. And, but now I've gotten the guys that only shoot the hunting size arrows, or our, our friends that shoot recurves, because they all shoot 19 series arrows, going, hey, can can you reduce the size, but keep the height the same. So now, right now I'm, I'm refitting all the measurements and stuff to this way. It'll, you know, fit your standard 19 series arrows. I've also had guys that shoot indoor events, uh, for like NFAA events and stuff that are allowed to go to 27. Yeah. Uh, I kind of made this thing originally where 26 would be the maxes. For some reason, my brain just zoned in on 3d archery and you can't go past 26 (laughs) to 3d. So, Uh, You know, now it's like, oh man, so now we might have to have three different sizes of these things, and who want now is asking, well, you know, everything on my bow is, you know, uh, on my, um, shoot, on both of my bows, everything is black and fluorescent green. (laughs) Are you going to make a fluorescent green quiver? I'm like, really wasn't planning on it. Come on, bro, you got to do it. I'm like, oh my (laughs) God. So now we got to ask for more colors, and who's got the, you know, the, 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 People like you running purple for everything. I got requests for a purple quiver now and a purple <laughs> shot trainer. And I'm like, all right, listen, let me work on some stuff now. You know, everyone knows like Stephanie's shooting skulls business. All the paracord that she gets is all U.S. source business. Yeah. Yeah, everything is U.S. source business. On the portion that I've been working on, which is 3D printing stuff, it's been quite hard to find a U.S. based filament company. Oh, like I, I can get, get the printer. Uh, it sell from a u.s company but yeah. well it came across through me joining a bunch of forums and stuff like that now everything we have is u.s source even the filament we get is from factories here in the states. yeah so it's it's one of those big things that like you know, a lot of companies thankfully are doing it's like all right you know u.s product u.s product US product and we just like went gung-ho on her end and since the 3D side was a smaller portion, I was like, "All right, you know, we'll get what we can get." And okay, now we're getting a lot more orders. Now I definitely have to make sure the whole aspect now. But so now everything—and
2: it's horrible. a little odd because we got to talk about the order in kilos. I feel like we're doing something illegal.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, oh, that's
1: man. how it is. Everything on 3D printing is oh, it's a kilo, it's a kilogram roll and stuff like. I have to <laughs> order stuff in kilos. Why wow, does this <laughs> <just> sound horrible? <laughs>
0: Well, so I, I'm sure you'll come up with other things because people are going to ask for them and all that sort of stuff, and they're going to wind up in a pro shop somewhere, and people are going to be buying them from pro shops, and your business is going to be all big, and then some gigantic conglomerate is going to want to buy the, the design from you, and you'll make your money, and you'll have a mansion somewhere. Or, and,
1: you know The one mind. I'm working on right now, I'm not going to say what it is, Um, it, it might create a lot of problems in the industry. Really? It might. We'll oh, make yeah, sure you send me what one are
2: you talking to- about?
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to send you one. You, it, it, it's going to be like one. Of, I'm working on it. Uh, I'll say it's a scope. It, yeah. It's a scope. And, oh. but I'm. I'm it, 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 it's going to be strange at first. I mean, I, I have two iterations of it already in my engineering program and stuff like that. And are we going
2: to have to deal with UltraView?
1: No, no, we are not. <laughs> they are single pin and I am not making a, pin, a single pin site. So. Uh, I'm just gonna leave that at that because um I have a lot more work. It's a involved. UV three and a half. No, it's not a UV three <laughs> and a half.
0: <laughs> so um, so we're sure. That yeah, it's, it should be interesting. It's gonna be different, I'm sure, and it'll be have your yeah. own flair on it. And we'll have to wait and see what happens. Of course I'll see one before. Well, uh, I
1: mean hopefully. it's gonna have my our flair on it because it's obviously it's gonna be like you know, we keep our all of our ass. Yeah. well middle it's kind of like
2: it's kind of like warthorn's shot trainer ah. if I put that bubble level on it then I'd be swimming in the waters of being no, sued. no
1: no 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 yeah yeah no, yeah you no, told no.
2: me that uh, we can put the bubble well, level yeah, on it
1: on our on the shot trainer yes that can that could be a conflict because I mean whatever but uh, the site that I'm doing like everyone's seen what ultratraview've made since Stephanie had mentioned ultra <laughs> That is technically, in most cases, even though they say they have a hunting cartridge, it's a target sight. It is, yeah. I'm not making a target sight. Ah. In any way, shape, or form, I'm going to cater to the guys that are going to be in the woods, like we've already spoken about, who are going to try and, all right, maybe my max is 50, so or 60, whatever. It's going to be a, I'm that's working not on a five site, You whatever.
2: know, it's not going to happen.
1: Whatever, I don't care. Because, how you how.
2: know, the guys are like, hey, hey, man, you have a hunting setup, can you, uh. You know, I go to all these events. Do you yeah, make a setup for me? And you're like, yeah, sure.
1: Well, now we've gotten that before where it's like, how about you try and make this? No. A lot of companies already make that. And I don't I don't want to get into a pool. Of sewage waters? No, not a, I don't want to get into crowded like pools.
2: Like sewing waters, you know? <laughs> but not actual sewage. I mean, like sewing. Oh, yeah,
1: that would that <laughs> be sewage. true. Yeah, that That's sewage, sewage waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, I'm, I'm trying to stay away. I'm trying to stay away from products that I know for a fact a hundred people are making. Like the shop trainer, there's basically four companies. Yep. You know, ours is 3D printed. It's simple, it's effective. Four. Four? Fourth horn, knock on.
2: Three. It's pretty much four.
1: Oh, whatever. Okay. So there's like, whatever, three or four, whatever it is, whatever the band number is. You know, um, the third axis level, pretty much about the same thing. Under a handful of companies that are making them. uh, You know, and the scope thing, is a lot of the the aftermarket scopes that are made, they're all target-based. Yep. All your hunting scopes are made. HHA makes their own scopes. Why? Because it goes on their site. Mm -hmm. You know, Excel makes their own scope. Why? Because it goes on their site. You know, same thing with CBE. You know, I'm I'm trying to work on something catered just towards the hunter because, let's face it, the tournament pool is flooded with people. So I don't even want to go near that. You know what I mean? So this is not going to be something that's going to be for them. There's going to be some aspects I'm going to take from the tournament side and give it to the hunter guys, but we'll see how it works out. And I'll be I'm, the first I'm one sure. to throw it
0: on my bow and use it in the field. Trust me, because <laughs> <it's not like laughs> fine. that's fine. That's um, fine. And we're like, oh, there's a deer at 96 yards, and here is this scope that Anthony created. Wow, well, you better
1: have a slider. I'm gonna. It, it'll be set up where it can. Right now, the drawings I have. Um,
0: don't get too much into it. it. I don't have want someone nope. stealing your idea. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no you, I, you'll
1: be able to put it on, like, Excels well, and all of that. Crap. I
0: have all those, so that's not a problem. I'll, uh, I got Excel Spot Hogs. I've got everything out here that I can possibly use for it. So I will wind up putting it on something for sure. But we're, we're all that's waiting fun. to see what you come out with that. Now, we've, gone, pressure, we've pressure. been pretty much all over the map with all kinds of other stuff. It's usually fun. But comes to that part of the show that I want to do, and it'll be the first time I ever do it with anybody else on the show, where we're going to answer listener questions. So let's start with the first one. Charles P. of Weidman, Michigan. I don't know where the hell that is, but he wrote this. I got my granddaughter a bow for Christmas from the local pro shop. Oh, boy. Bought her a Genesis bow, and the guy said it would be the absolute best thing for her, and if I had any questions, to just come down and see them. They said it would be perfect for her and would last her a few years. They sold them a Genesis bow. supposed to last them a few years. Okay. My granddaughter is 16, and frankly, this thing is too small for her, I think. But when I took her there for a lesson, they didn't even pay attention to us. They charged us $55 for a one-hour lesson and basically spent five minutes with her. Funny thing, they were so attentive when I was buying it, but now they didn't even look like they cared. What can I do? Help is always appreciated. So, Depending on the pro shop you go to, this is something I hear a lot or it could be something that, that's, uh, you know, never happens. But it sounds like he went there for Christmas, asked to get something for his granddaughter, and they took whatever was on the shelf like, here you go, and it's the greatest thing since cheese. I don't know if you guys know what a Genesis bow is, but Matthews makes them, and they're meant for mm-hmm. uh, NASP competition, and they're also meant for a universal bow that the whole family can use so there's no set draw length on them. But for them to say it'll last her a few years and she's 16, and it'll be perfect, maybe they're looking at it from the NASP as- aspect where they thought maybe she's going to shoot something like that. But the pro- I don't see the problem in the bow. I see the problem with what happened after he went back to take a lesson where they spent five minutes. Like, the first, they're all over him when he's making a purchase for Christmas. Now he brings it back to actually take a lesson. They spend five minutes with her and charge him $55 for the hour, and they could care less. That, unfortunately, yeah, is something I see a lot of. You know. Yeah, I,
2: they're just trying to make a, a quick paycheck is what they're trying to do. Yeah.
3: They're
2: and, trying to run through whatever inventory to make sure it doesn't sit because the longer it sits, the more money they lose on it. And as long as they can get it out of the shop and they can make the money back on it, then they'll, they'll tell you whatever they think you want to hear. Yeah. So if he was buying it for his granddaughter, then they're, they're probably feeding into that whole factor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once that's sold and then he comes back, you kind of only have to, then you can back it down to like 50% of the service that you've provided. And yeah. so the fact that, okay, if they don't show back up, well, they already put the money in the bow.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. And, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But the thing that really disturbs me is she they took her for a lesson and charged her fifty-five bucks for a lesson and spent five minutes with her. I mean, yeah. I've seen a lot of that too. You know, what I'd say to him, and this is what I replied to him in the email, I said, best thing you can do is take her somewhere else to actually get real lessons with it, let her become proficient with the bow. And then after that, if she really wants to continue on, then you can get her something else. But in the meantime, let's just see what she can do but get an actual real coaching session, not where someone just says, here, this is this is a bow, this is an arrow, pull it back, shoot it, have a nice day, bye-bye. Because it sounds like that's kind of yeah. what they did to her. Um, yeah, that's, I agree. Darby's going to
1: step over be go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, just there go is. somewhere else. Um, next yeah, question yeah. comes from Barry W. of Edison, New Jersey. I read this one. I responded to the guy. I'm going to edit it for content a little bit because it was kind of, like, really screaming. Uh, <laughs> I recently purchased a Quest bow from dot, dot, dot. I omitted the shop's name because I know the guy who owns it, and I actually know the shop. Um, I paid over $800 for the bow with a sight and six arrows. I didn't feel it was all that great in the shop, but I took his word and have and have been shooting it for the last two weeks. Now the cables are wearing out already. When I took it back to, to him to sit... He said I should call the company, and they couldn't do anything with it. He just bought it a couple weeks ago, and now the guy's saying call the company. Okay. (laughs) I know you're close by, and lots of my friends got work done by you. Is there anything I can do with this? All he says, I had to talk to the company. If I wanted a better experience, maybe I should switch to a more expensive bow like the other one he was showing me. I'm more than a little angry, but everyone is telling me to find out from you what can be done with this bow. Um. Thanks, he says. Okay. Um,
2: I got a destination where he can put that bow. <laughs> but-
0: <laughs> so he buys the bow, comes back two weeks later because the cables are wearing out, and the guy tells him to call the company. Yeah. Uh, what I told them was bring it to me or bring it to another reliable shop. If the cables are wearing out, you know, he may have to call the company if they're going to warranty the cables. If they're not going to warranty the cables, take your loss. Don't deal with the shop you were dealing with again and just get a new set of strings or cables for it and be done. Probably the strings weren't put on there properly. There might've been something wrong with them. There may have been something with a setting he's changed or how they tuned it. Um, He replied to me in an email. He says, what tuning? He didn't do any tuning. He just put the, put the rest on, put the arrow on, didn't even check anything and sent me out the door. I'm like, okay, there could be something wrong there. But I told him, I said, best not go back there again and just, you know, get a new set of strings and cables. Uh, don't give up on the bow. doesn't mean the bow is bad. But this is something, again, that's popular with the one-and-done sort of people. You leave the store, you come back, and like they act like they don't know you, or they just tell you, call the company, it's not my problem, even though they're a dealer for it. And he's kind of no yeah, you know, uh sort of thing.
2: Who I think it was, it is Matthews that, um, I know that if you are a certified dealer for Matthews, I'm just using it as an example of Matthews, um, that if you're a certified dealer to sell Matthews, that any warranty bows, people can bring back to you, whether they bought it at your shop or not. Mm -hmm. And they are, they have to uh, actually handle it through Matthews or they'll lose their contract with Matthews. Yeah,
0: I have the same thing with PSC. So with Mm PSC, it doesn't have to be a bow that I ever sold or anything like that. I got people who bought bows 10 years ago and they come to me for warranty on it. I'm like, yeah, it's no problem. Right. If they're going to cover the warranty, I'll do the work on it. No big deal. Um, PSE will tell you that the customer is responsible for labor on it. But, you know, if it's coming, they come to me because they, they have a warranty with a, a roller glide that broke or something like that. I usually have those parts in stock. I'll switch it for them, have a nice day, bye-bye. You know, it's not a big deal. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, if it's limbs and stuff like that, then I tell them, listen, I can get you the limbs. If they warranty it, I'll get you the limbs, and I charge – $40 or whatever is to put the limbs on, whatever it is. It's taking the whole bow apart. And then I got to tune it for him and all that. And they all understand that as long as you communicate it to them up front. But people who sell bows should have a responsibility to deal with the, with the company who manufactures it. Apparently this guy doesn't want to do that. And he has a reputation for doing that. So like, like the other guy, just tell him, go somewhere else. And if not, then look me up. I'll try to help you. In his case, I told him to, to take it back to him and say, hey, listen, you got to contact the company for me. And he actually did. And
1: My only question in that type of situation with the, the strings wearing so fast, like is I've had that question come up before. And it's from actually one of our buddies that's listening to us. And we email each other back and forth mm-hmm. all the time. And he had kind of a similar situation. Yep. I'm like, well, no, I mean, your string shouldn't be wearing out that fast. I'm like, you know, and I finally asked him, like, how many arrows are you shooting a day? Oh, like 250. I'm like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa. You, are you telling me you put 5,000 arrows through this bow in a month? Oh, yeah, somewhere around there. I'm like, whoa, okay. Th- there's a good chance to wear it out. Especially
0: the first set of factory strings that come on the bow are usually not the best grade. So if you're going to— no,
2: zebras are top of the line. What are you talking about?
0: Um, my experience with zebras in particular during the two years when I actually shot at Matthews um, was extreme string elongation. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Didn't yeah.
2: males like that?
1: Uh, oh, jeez oh wow family friendly show family uh, friendly show yeah. i
2: did not cut i did not cuss to say any other words
1: no
0: no 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 uh so so they tend to stretch. Know,
2: you're gonna have some students asking you some questions
0: and and as greg Poole has said strings don't stretch they elongate would people please get the difference between the two i'm like yeah because if they stretch and they're gonna contract back these things don't zebra strings tend to stretch a lot um, it's just something that happens with him. But some people swear about it. I think it's your the individual experience that has to do with it. Um, but this guy,
1: he, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, Steph Sheets, Matthews, and every bow Stephanie's ever had. I don't know if it's no elongation issues, <laughs> but it, it looks like her peep sight's on Tourette. <laughs> the, the thing just twists and moves all over the place. I mean, she'll be at full draw, and I'll like literally reach out and straighten the peep out.
2: Yeah, I have I
1: have peep movement. I'll, problems. I'll have the guys put another twist in the string. Two weeks later, it's twisting all over the place. I'm like, can we just please buy you some ABBs or gas?
2: Now um, I just got a, a whole right. uh, a an actual uh, whole process I go through every time I shoot is just to to adjust the peep yeah, automatically she moves her,
1: her d loop yeah. in order to get the peep to line up every single time yeah. oh that's it, so bad
0: um you better
1: and off. It's, not, it's not like she doesn't have contacts i mean she has contacts with people at abb because people that work there have ordered sling, custom-made slings and vinyl straps of her i'm like can you just pick up the phone like can you please get you you have a vxr 28 you have a very nice bow
2: Oh, I love my bow.
1: Yeah, it's your bow. Well, you finally got a bow to fit you. Yeah, you know, someone who, who should realize at five foot two, they should not be shooting a thirty-five inch bow for hunting. So, <laughs> anyway. so
0: one question I got for you is: Does the peep rotate when you pull back, or it's already rotated on the string, and when you pull it back, you're just trying to get it to line up?
2: It depends on how it feels for the day. So it's actually <laughs> oh, done me. both. It's actually, it yeah, it's, it's so true. it is. It's like a woman. It depends on how it feels for that day of what it does. So it'll her actually bow be or on the rag at the same time. <laughs> yep. So it'll be, and see, I'm I'm more family friendly anymore. I didn't curse. So, yeah, it'll actually, I found that some days it'll actually just be twisting on the peak at the, the scanning still. and then pulling back into full draw. Other days, it will decide to twist coming back. And that's why I have my friendly assistant over here actually fix it for me. Yeah, yeah. That
0: just <laughs> one thing you can do when you're back at the pro shop over there the next time. Have them take like a, I don't know, like an inch long, inch and a half long piece of D loop and make two balls on the end and just put it through your string like towards the top of the cam. You know, not where it's going to roll into the cam when you go to full draw, but just towards the top of the cam and just put that in there and see if it still happens. And then if it does happen a little bit, slide it down the string just a little bit. So make sure it's above the peep, whatever, but just slide it down the string a little bit and see if it stops more than likely what your strings have got issues with either heat or they got issues with being too long or not, or usually how it actually starts happening. And I've seen it a million times is from people who, you know, you know, when you go to a shop and they're trying to find out where your peep site should be, um, they slide it up and down. Yeah, that's bad. Um, They slide it up and down. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing happens all the time. So people look at me when I set up the peeps for people and, and they're like, how come those peeps don't rotate? You got it to sit exactly straight. I'm like because after I figure out where your beep's gonna be, I take it out of the bow, leave it marked with a pair of, with a piece of string that I know is where it, where you need it to be, and I measure it, and I shoot the bow about ten times, and I put it back in exactly where that was. I don't slide it up and down, and once they do that, it never rotates again.
1: And yeah, with Stephanie's bow, I, I'm the one that gets cussed out half the time if there's a problem <laughs> because. Ever since she had her verdicts, her verdicts was another bow that was notorious for the peep is moving all over the place. Yeah. The same thing, factory zebra strings. And I'll tie the peep in my way, which looks like that Levi Morgan instructional yeah. video where you do the twist around the, you know, the, uh-huh. the, where the strings wire around yeah. the peep site. Yeah. It takes him 25 minutes to cut it off. <laughs> so because I, I go to town and, you know, I got big old fat meat hands from being a mechanic for years. There is no way you're getting any of the stitching I put in to come loose. <laughs> so, and then they'll come out and be like, hey, "You tied this on, didn't you?" I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> I, 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 I hate when you tie Stephanie Stevens' <laughs> deep sides in. Jesus, I'm like, it was twisting. Like, what do you want me to do? I'll add a couple extra strings, give it a little tug with you know, <laughs> with, with my uh, my bow pliers. Get it to where, okay, good. It'll stay straight for like six weeks.
3: And then, so I'm like, all right, again. she's
1: happy, whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm at the point where after like the third or fourth time where a twist is added or something. I'm just like, Seth, please, just, just Yeah. Please I, you, I would
0: I, I either get new strings or I would take take that piece of D-loop, st- stick it up above the top, you know, above the peep, all the way to, as high as you can go, and just slide it up and down until it stops. Uh, the other thing is when you're at Saluda River, take a look at your center serving and check to see if your center serving looks a little funky. If it does.
1: Cut oh, it no, her bow perfect. <laughs> her bow is at her center serving everything on that her her knocks lock in perfectly and I mean the, the the bow is built like a tank. This Matthews that she has, yeah, and everything about it. I mean, center serving's not worn out slightly. It's just a peep just And I, I love Matthews. Everyone knows I like Matthews bows. I think the grips are trash.
2: No, they're you know, not. So, Get out of here with that, me, that nonsense. Listen,
1: you got little. No, no,
2: because I got the ultra view on mine. Yeah. And I do not Let like me, that at all. Yeah, you
1: don't like it because it's bigger. Let me tell you something. If I had a Matthews right now, an outside company makes a hundred times better grip than Matthews. Hands down. I would shoot any Matthews right now with that grip it. depends on. on the person. No. No, it's not a universal opinion. That's fine. It's like <laughs> Hoyt to me. I love the Hoyt grip, but if someone can get out the pitchfork harmonic out of the damn riser where it's not in my hand going, mm, I'd be good to go it's like the, the little things that drive me nuts to me it's all about the feel that's why i like the psc's hand on the rise. right. i don't do the whole tennis racket tape and everyone looks like it looks at me when i'm 27 and we're doing the south carolina deep freeze shoot on january 3rd or something like that it was cold
2: no psc was rough to shoot on my hand though
1: yeah <laughs> which psc my evolve yeah. Okay. You shot the. But you, you, you shot your stinger perfectly because they had a nice narrow grip. And you went to the ball thirty five, a boat at three quarters of your height. <laughs>
2: That's kind of big. When the
1: whole time I'm like, you should get the thirty one. I want the thirty five. You need the thirty one. You're five two. You know, oh my god! It,
2: it's go bigger, go
1: home. Yeah. And this is what you hear on our podcast: <laughs> the husband and wife being retarded. Well, but,
0: you know, well, going back to what I said about the center serving. If your center serving ever starts to wear out cut it off and put another one on. I had two strings they brought to me with the same exact problem. And at the factory, somebody wound them too tight. And when I did that and I just let sit out and I just rewound it again under the normal pressure, it stopped rotating. So maybe they can check that. Otherwise, take take your husband's advice and get another set of strings.
3: Yeah. I'm so cheap though.
1: And
2: especially too. I'm so cheap. Have you seen any of the new Matthews lately? I'm a woman who doesn't want to spend, spend money.
1: Oh boy. That yeah, oddball. It's, an odd ball it's it like a unicorn. I'll tell you that. And, and which math yeah. do you have? Oh, she's got a VXR twenty.
2: Yeah,
0: a VXR twenty. And the year
1: before that, she had yeah. And before that, she had a verdict. No,
2: no, it's too, no. no, no. And, and, no,
1: no.
0: And, and and what color string are you fond of?
2: Oh, it, on, this
1: is our house. The green. Yeah. Well,
2: no. The thing is, though, I have the OD color now. The OD green. The ambush green.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: I, I'm kind of going on that color
0: scheme now. Well, okay. So if I were to send you a set of strings, do you want them a knock-on green or or the OD like sort of darker green? Oh, the OD green. OD. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: I I, th- I think we'll make you up a set of strings and send it to you. And then will you put them Ooh, on there the you bow, go.
1: please? Oh, she'll put them on the bow. <laughs> oh no, they'll go on. Cause that's what I'm saying too. Like like I said, I I like the Matthews, but I'm sorry, I, you know, especially now. I know everyone's on the the the, the speed knock craze. Yeah, but if you look at the VXR twenty eight, even the new V threes, they got half of the fucking ter- oh my god, sorry. <laughs> they got half of the Terminator <laughs> on the string. There is like four sections of speed knocks, upper and lower, and I'm like, really? You needed to put like thirty speed knocks worth of weight on this thing?
2: It's like putting a sticker on a car; it makes it faster for every sticker. So oh, here we go.
1: <laughs> buddy. Nick wow. would love that comment with his Honda. Uh, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so, so our response to Mister Barry after all this is go somewhere else. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the last listener call in question is this. And funny you should mention an Evolve thirty five because Craig H of Miami, Florida, Miami, Florida. Hi, we just started to get back into shooting three D as we've got some free time. I've been shooting my PSE Evolve thirty five, cool inky dink, for the last two years, but it's always had this squeak in it when I draw back. I lost a shot at a big pig last fall because of the noise. The guys at the shop say this is normal for the bow, but I'm not convinced of it. I hear my buddy's bow, which is a PSE knock-on edition. I know exactly the NTN bow, uh, and it's dead silent. These guys were telling me to buy that one, and there would be no noise. Don't know what to do with this one. Any advice you can give me before returning this bow through the shop's window would be welcome. Okay. Wow. All
3: uh, right. Okay. This go. is this
2: is what you do if you're going after he was when he said he was going after hogs. Yeah. Okay. You take it by the uh, the end of the bow and you swing it at the hogs and then you're sure, <laughs> as sure as shit gonna get it? Sure, um, she's gonna get it.
0: This this I I answered him about this. He he replied back to me and he he put the fix in it that I gave him and he says why couldn't they tell me this? I'm like. I have no idea. They
2: wanted um, to sell it. They wanted to sell it.
0: Yeah. And yeah. and this is a common problem. I shot a thirty five for like two years. I love that bow. Um but with the with that cam system that's on there, which is the best cam system they've ever come out with, the Evolve Cam, mm-hmm. it has a module that moves back and forth. Unfortunately, once you start getting some dust or dirt in between the module and the cam, you get squeaking. Uh oh yeah. And people don't know how to get rid of it. And I tell people, take the module off. Remember what letter it was on. Clean it. Clean the other side where it touches the cam. Take some bow wax and wax the inside of the module and wax where it touches the cam. Not a lot, just a little bit. Put it back on. Squeak, be gone. And it's worked mm-hmm. for everyone who's ever had this problem. So to him, I would tell, I, you know, like I told him, yeah, this is just a simple fix. That bow is not supposed to be shot with a squeak. The engineers did not design a squeak into the the bow. They're just trying to sell them something else that they didn't want to fix, or they didn't know how to fix it. And it's okay to say, I don't know how to do something. I don't know how to do everything in archery. There are things I don't know. Same thing with the shop. There are going to be things that they don't know. But they can at least call the factory and say, hey, I got this problem, and what can I do with it? And then the factory will tell them. This is what you should do. How did I find out how to fix it? I talked to a tech at the factory when I was over there. I said, you know, my bow's got the same squeak, and the guy goes, yeah, sometimes you get dust here. Take a look, just do this, this, and if you want to take an extra precaution, put some lube in there. I'm like, oh, okay. And I've been telling everyone to do the same thing. It's not like they're going to keep a secret like that to themselves. But, uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of that. Like, if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to say it's something wrong with the bow. Uh, that's not necessarily true, and it's not right for anybody to do that.
1: But, uh, Oh, I agree. Yeah. Like to me, like, it, like especially with PSC, PSC is notorious for updating something almost yearly. Yeah. You know, Matthews kind of does the same with some of their aspects. I mean, right now, it's like, how farther, how much more horizontal can we get our limbs? With and now they're past horizontal, which is absurd.
2: Bowtech just anyway. updates every time they take someone else's idea. Right? Yeah,
1: for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, all right, when Stephanie first got her all 35, since we mentioned hers, uh-huh. Stephanie's bow had the same squeak. I did the yeah. whole thing with the wax on the modules and everything. Well, also, that.
2: attack when I was resting my bow down, I was getting dirt kind of like. Yeah,
1: on everything. Shell dirty. Yeah. There and it, yeah. Um, also, the thing that I know is with hers, and now I'm not sure. His has it. Stephanie's was one of the original first batches of evolve 35 yeah that had the trs slide bar yeah yeah
0: yeah i had one, with, and one without. yeah
1: right yeah which which induces a ton of horizontal pressure yeah. as the bow is at full close get rid of that thing if it's on your bow, and get an frs this way your pressure is equal front to back close full draw and that'll also create a. Uh, Take a lot of the torsional the, the of pull off the limbs which will reduce a lot of the squeaking sound.
0: Yeah, it's like a thirty or forty dollar part and I, I you know, I, I put those on people's bows before I retrofitted them on there because they make a, metro, a retrofit yeah. kit. And it works just fine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it works great. Probably, I have uh, it on
1: my inertia. Yeah. My bow pre evolved cam. I have an F I went from when I took the T R S off of Stephanie's Evolve, I put it on my inertia and then I was like, Nope, this thing's junk and I switched every bow, every PSC we have in the house. Yeah, to a FRS kit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic it, upgrade for any of it.
0: You try one thing; if that doesn't work, then you move on to something else. But you're right between that slide and the and 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 that cam thing. One of the two is what the problem is, and he should be able to figure that out. And mm-hmm. that brings us to the "Don't be that guy" segment, and I, I want to get your input on this. Don't be that guy, because they everyone has issues when they go to a store they can go to a store to buy you know a new watch they can go to a store to buy a car they can go to a store to buy a bow but when they go there you know it's the responsibility of whoever is the salesperson to take care of the customer but my thing is there are salespeople out there who and like i said when you go to a big box store we talked about this when we were on your podcast you go to a big box store the people that you see out there they don't necessarily know what they're doing, and it's not their fault mm-hmm. because they get an hour of training. But when you go into a pro mm-hmm. shop, that story doesn't fly. I'm sorry. You're working in a pro shop. You should know what you'd be doing. That's why they call it a pro shop. But mm-hmm. I agree. they should not be that guy who's going to work behind their behind the counter over there and tell people that your stuff is messed up just so they can buy something different. When there's nothing wrong with the bow and they obviously know what 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 to fix on it. They should not be that guy who does that sort of thing just to rip somebody off instead of saying, hey, we know what's wrong with your bow, but if you want to upgrade this, that, otherwise we can just fix that. I don't know if you guys see a lot of that down there. I see a heck of a lot of that up here. And it drives me crazy when they do that because they don't care. They just want to make a quick buck. I mean, seriously? And you're going to tell somebody that their hardware is junk because – you don't want to fix it, or you rather just make money on your stuff. If you're in for service and, and you advertise that that sort of thing, then you should be able to work on anybody's boat who they bring to you if you know how to do it. And what do you guys think? Do you see a lot of that going on down there? Not, I'm sure not at Saluda, but there's other people who are probably known for that sort of thing.
1: I've heard about stuff like that down here in South Carolina, on the opposite side of the state.
2: They um, use car salesman mentality, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: like the toward the Myrtle Beach side, we've heard about a couple of shops in Myrtle Beach and Charleston that do that, and one I believe in Columbia. Yeah, it um, tends to be
2: more uh, toward higher populated areas
1: mm-hmm. where
2: you can get a lot of uh, traffic in and out. Whereas it seems that the areas that don't that aren't by a densely populated area,
1: right.
2: they it's not that much because you know, if you do that to one person out in an area where there's not as much traffic or, yeah. or densely populated, then it, the word is going to get around and you're definitely going to lose almost all your business.
1: Yeah. yeah. But the two shops in this area, are like, you know, I mean, we go to Seward River primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, the other shop that's local to us is Archery Shack. And he's notoriously known pretty much almost around the world right now when it comes to making bow strings. Yeah. Jeremy and TJ. I always screw his name up and call him JC, but it's TJ. And he'll work Um, on
0: anything. He doesn't care what They work on
1: everything. It don't matter what it is, but uh, I think that's where that comes toward what Stephanie's point was about the the population density of the area. On this side, since we're considered to be in the upstate, this is more like the good old boy area, so you don't see that much here. You see a lot of face-to-face, yeah, no problem, we'll take care of it, I don't care what you own.
2: You build a relationship with people.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. So And like, I've had Strings from Jeremy on my inertia. He makes top-notch stuff. you know. And it's stupid that I bought him from him. I didn't know how close, at the when we first moved here, how close Anderson was compared to where we lived. Yeah, I had him ship him to me, and then I had Saluter put him on, and they all left. They were like, you know he's like 20 minutes from here, right? I'm like, Anderson's that close? I don't know where I am. I'm from New York. <laughs> you know? <laughs> GPS is my savior right now in this state. But, you know, it... it in our view here, we don't see it much because there's no, there's none of that cutthroat mentality here. Really?
0: Yeah. And, and that's, and that's a good thing. You know I mean? That you don't have that sort of thing happening when here, I'm in the New York city, Metro area. There's a lot of that sort of stuff that, that goes on Um, in New Jersey. You'll see some of that stuff sometimes. Uh, Unfortunately, it's just a victim of where we are right now. Like people are out to make money, whatever, and they have a different idea of customer service than other people do. And they just wanna go ahead and do whatever they can do. And they try to get by on the fact that there's so many people in the area, like you said, that if someone goes, gets pissed off and never wants to come back to them again, so what? There's a ton of other people go can who can get away with that and they'll get another customer the same way. But when you're yeah. talking about a smaller area like an upstate area, there's not that many people up there. So they rely on the people who are coming over there to spread the word for them and also to be repeat customers. Some of these guys don't live on repeat customers. So that's why I say, don't be that guy who screws over a customer just because, you know, you want to make a sale, live for a repeat customer, let them come back, you know, just don't, Absolutely. don't do sort of thing. Yeah. you know, we, we see too much yeah. of that. And I think it's sad, but uh, you know, it's, it's just something that people have to be aware of and, and it does, does happen. But uh, you know, We've been all over the map on this podcast, everywhere you can think of, left, right, up, and down. You know, it's, it's, it's been two hours of fun, which now I get to convert. I feel
2: like that's our trademark now. Yeah. We're just like scattered. We are
3: the meme podcast of the archery
1: world, boy. It's amazing. Yeah. We get love from so many people, and some people we get so much hate from. they like, oh my God, you guys cuss.
2: Oh yeah, we're yeah, we disgrace to the
1: archery world. Yeah, yeah, I've really gotten called to disgrace the archery world cause because cause we're, I'm not a professional giving advice. I tend not to give people advice. I just tell people what I'm doing yeah. and what happens to work for me and her. Mm-hmm. And People construe things the, extremely the wrong way. But, I mean, we've also had people give us crap about the fact that we talk about, you know, the family situation. Yeah. Well, this is why we've been gone. We'll share and we're not afraid to share and... Yeah. You know, hell, I, exactly. I shared the whole thing when I got a death threat because if you ever show an animal that you killed, blah, 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 we're going to attack your family. I'll freely admit, I ruined that dude's life. Your brainwashed
2: care. wife that you have. Yeah,
1: I, I brainwashed my <laughs> wife. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's the best thing. That, that shows me, it, I mean, and it's dead proof when we have, like, our friends on, like, Don and Doug, they're like, if you think Anthony any brainwashes, Steph, you have mental problems. I, yeah. I think
2: I brainwashed you.
1: Yeah, yeah. People are like... <laughs> they're like it's the opposite pretty tells anthony what's going on well they're kind of
0: yeah well the the podcast i was on with you guys it it was probably one one of your more downloaded podcasts i seen the numbers on. i'm like really wow that that thing had a lot of downloads on there um hopefully that'll happen the same way with this one um so it's it's always good to to mix up things a little bit and that just keeps people listening that one I've been told by, by people like they couldn't stop listening to it. They had to hear what you'd say next.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. We we had a lot of comments were like, Bro, you got Angel to break the mold. I'm like, eh, <laughs> You got him to actually cuss. I'm like, Oh yeah, I know what I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, me and Angel have had phone calls, conversations. I'm like, I knew exactly which buttons to push, trust me. Now okay. it's like
2: wait, Jim Carrey and Sonic as um the villain pushing yeah. the red button.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we it's we've so been true. like I said we've been all over the map. We spent two hours on this thing, and like we all have to get up for work tomorrow because like I go to work tomorrow, you go to work tomorrow. Steffi has the the, the most important job. She's a mom who's got to go to work tomorrow and do her other things. So well, I work evenings, man. I'm golden. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the but the one thing before we we go ahead and close this out. Can you think of one single good thing that's come about since this whole COVID thing happened? Because I got one in the back of my head, but I bet you don't know what it is.
1: One good thing that happened about this COVID? Yeah,
0: stuff. Since it's, because of this COVID, one good thing has happened, and I bet people don't know what it
1: is. Oh, man. Wow, well, I'm kind of well,
2: shocked. We're actually Besides the speechless. fact of how
1: much more I've learned about archery and tuning mm. bows and stuff now. Okay. Um I mean, I, I have been paying a lot more attention to that. Like even when it came to my performance, like I said, I had the new strings and put on it yesterday, and yeah. we couldn't get it to pull a bull, do a bullet hole to save its life yesterday. And I came home and I tweaked everything on it, and I can, uh, I can put the arrow on a pin out to sixty right now in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know. Well, um, I don't
2: know because on our end, we have a, a child who needs to go to therapy in school every day, so when mm. he got stuck home, that was like... That was
1: torture. <laughs> Man, that was torture for him. That, kid, that was ex- Having an autistic child who can't expend energy because he didn't go to school was like nightmarish. Well, yeah. so
0: mine, th- and this is where my Jekyll and Hyde side comes out, there is a good thing that's come about since COVID. And most people wouldn't think I'd be saying this, but you know what? I'm going to say it anyway. And if I'm starting to delve into my southern draws because this is my bad side that's coming out but so the whole good thing i mean this
1: segment should be on our podcast oh (laughs) if we record a
0: segment for your podcast it'll be a lot more colorful trust me um so so the one good thing that has happened i mean we've had bad stuff happen like vegas got canceled and then you had the ata show that was canceled but you know what good came out of that ATA show being canceled? People are going to say, well, nothing. I'm like, well, they went virtual, but there's one good thing. And the good thing was there's no Outdoors Alley as the spokesperson for it. Oh, god!
2: I could have. I second that one. Oh my gosh, she needs to be cut up. She needs to be like no video for her Zoom. It has been
0: so good to hear so much less of her mouth and her misleading (laughs) stuff that COVID has taken that away from her. I don't know if it's killed off all the idiots that that used to listen to her, but her popularity has gone down the tubes, from what I understand. And I didn't have to oh have her God. once once associated with the ATA again. Now, granted, I have oh not done God. the virtual oh, tour, but God. if she's on That's the virtual tour, impressive. I will delete it immediately from any recording that I'm supposed to be listening to. But whatever. You- so I have not seen her, and you know what? Even better. Like I told you guys in the last podcast, I was about to buy that expensive OMP uh, bow vice until I saw her using it like a moron, and I'm like, I will <laughs> never buy this. But she has faded from the limelight, and guess what? I bought the new one. So now I am proud to own an OMP Bovice, Bo- which I bought my with my own money, okay, because nobody gives me anything with the exception of you guys who gave me that. <laughs> I mean, that, that stuff. Yeah, buddy. But yeah, we- I bought my own Bovice, and I will only say I bought that because she's no longer associated with it. I There you go. It was only a matter of time before she fell off the planet, and it has happened. So we're not seeing her little cameos in the middle of the woods trying to shoot something that she has no hope of shooting.
2: yeah I, I, I have know, to man. say now that now that I'm actually paying attention to it I haven't had to hear her voice on on YouTube yeah. I
1: bet you I could tell you right now out of the two women that I know for a fact you and Rich's wife would be cheering that back on like, thank God she's not around her voice is like nails on oh, a trunk oh, does dude. this
2: mean her boyfriend actually has to get a job
1: they own their own company but <sighs> yeah, yeah. It, I don't know man i I think at times when I watched her videos, I mean the, the nuance of the new hunter and stuff like that. No. But no, she started becoming no. like very, very like poppy. Like you see like a Valley Girl portion come out. But at one point when like all like the bow vice thing, like you said, I was like, That's not how you do that. You know? Yeah, and then when well, she put her NXT thirty three in the bow press, I sat there oh, with wait like a- my elbows on my knees going the bow's going to pop out. I know it. I just like sat there in anticipation. Like, I, I hate to say it. I love PSEs, but that was the one I wanted to see explode.
0: Well, that, you that, know? that was the whole thing. Like it, how can I say this? It made me seriously reconsider whether or not I wanted to remain a PSE dealer when I saw her with a PSE bow. I'm like, <laughs> they gave her a PSE bow. They gave, mm-hmm. and I sat there staring at the screen saying over and over like I was in a trance, they gave her a P.S.E. bow. She was shooting a Matthews. That was fine. Wreck it. They gave her a P.S.E. bow. And yeah, now she's yeah, showing yeah. people how to do stuff incorrectly on it. And she's butchering.
1: Well, it's, it, it, yeah, it was bad. Like, some of her comments in her video made me laugh. Like, I, for years, when she was shooting, who was she shooting? Matthews Vale. Yeah. I would repeatedly comment, Allie, please measure your draw length. Your draw length is wrong. Mm-hmm. Your arrows are the wrong length. Your draw length is wrong. You have your your draw length is so short. I can see the bow forcing your left shoulder into your neck. Yeah. Please get this corrected. You're going to mess up your rotator cuff. Your elbow is going to get tendonized. Please fix this. And I would literally get replies. I got a reply from her boy from one time, Nick, and it was like. You don't know what you're talking about. She only has to worry about the wear and tear on her knees, dude. Like, bro, I'm 43 years old. I've probably been shooting since before you were born. I know damage to having shoulder problems. I'm a mechanic. My left shoulder is shot. I have to do, you know, after watching other people and how they draw, I can actually correct that issue now by moving much slower. But, it's like, please, it's like, you know, you try to point out the correct thing. It's like, I, you can see by the videos the drill length is at least an inch, inch and a quarter short easily, you know. And then they finally did it, and it was like, "Oh my god, I'm not a 27, I'm a 29." Because she's like five foot ten and has long arms. Like, oh no, she was 28 and a half or something like that. Whatever. But still, it was like people have been pointing this out to you for two years, so you have basically possibly committed two years <laughs> of permanent damage, possibly to your rotator cuff. And all along, guess what? All the jackasses like myself in the comments were correct. Yeah, It's so stupid.
0: And and to see her do the sort of things that she did, the way she draws the bow, and she pulls it down, which they tell you never to pull it down. I'm like... And and Mm -hmm. people are looking at this as an instructional video. That's where I had all the issues with it. And if you're not a subject matter expert, don't pretend to be one. And you're doing more harm than good. And I had a girl, well, really a girl, she wasn't really girl, she was a woman, come down to the range, at the outdoor range. And like I said, when I'm there, some people know who I am, other people don't. She didn't. And I see her doing this, and I had one of my girls go up to her and ask her, like, where did she learn to draw like that? Because she was actually in pain after, like, the 10th shot. And she goes, oh, I was watching this girl in a video. And I'm like, what girl could she put? Yeah. So I, wa- I went over there and talked to her. I said, not for nothing, who are you watching in a video? She goes, oh, there's great <laughs> girl named Allie. And I literally blew my stack. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah.
1: Please, um, please and unsubscribe. Please. I
0: said, look, 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 I, I am a professional coach. I'm going to coach you for the next half hour at no charge. I'm going to show you how to <laughs> shoot and draw properly. Please, for the love of God and all that is holy, never put that woman's channel on again. And that's all I'm asking in, re- in return. And she's like, really? oh, yeah, yeah. And I spent half an hour, 45 minutes showing her how to shoot a bow. She goes, this is completely the opposite of what she's showing people on TV. And it doesn't hurt me. I'm like, there
1: you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Now go home. And
1: I agree with you a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. people have asked me like stuff like that. Cause I, you know, my inertia is at 74 pounds. I can draw back an 80 plus pound bow. No problem. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, you know, people who draw cross chest, the, the, the guys who do kind of like the, um, like the, almost like the overhead like you're doing a, a pull up yeah. maneuver so you get both of your lats completely involved and in whatever well I've seen Cam Haynes pull like this it's like first off
2: <laughs> Cam <he's> Haynes
1: <laughs> is elite yep. Cam Haynes is a genetic absolute freak don't try to do it just because you see guys like Cam Haynes and you know behemoths like Josh Bomar do something don't even remotely think you can do that Just you know if if you want to learn the starter ways, the most healthiest way, so you're not going to ruin a rotator cuff or something, and you need instructions on strength, please go to guys like Archery Strong. He's a physical therapist. He knows what he's talking about. It's like, just because this guy does that, and that's how he drew, well, Cam can draw 92 pounds. Let me tell you something. Cam has killed more stuff on this planet than most everybody. Right? He is an elite hunter. Guys like Dudley, elite, you know, those guys are enormous i mean they've been doing this for
2: they're, decades
1: yeah yeah there's not many guys like josh bomar to say i killed a bear with a spear you know i mean and a homemade one at that but you know it's just like people just go way overboard on some of the stuff it's amazing yeah amazing, they especially they if they're taking you know criticism or advice from ali don't do that
0: yeah and, and with regards to josh bomar Great guy, great stuff he comes up with. But the dude was developed in a lab somewhere. I don't care what anyone says. But <laughs> he looks like the only like he's one who could it.
2: design a design a squirt bottle and, and patent it under his own name.
3: He
0: looks like they came up with him in some lab somewhere. He's like some Superman or something
1: he like that. He does. I know he is the guy that you figured came out of that Captain America injection with the gamma ray machine in, in yeah. Captain America. Th- this is what the Nazi- somehow was yeah. like this scrawny guy and comes out like Hercules. That you know, you the- swear or- every time you watch him work out, all you see is some little guy in the background standing on his back screaming traps because he- <laughs> his entire upper back is nothing but giant traps. It's huge.
0: Or-, or this is what. Like some some super weapon left over after the Cold War.
1: <laughs> this is what we yeah, got. Yeah, in. yeah, no joke.
0: You know, but yeah. great guy otherwise. But uh, yeah, you know the whole alley thing. That 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 was the only good. Like I said, someone that I was once very close to. They they put into my head like you can't see the bad and everything. There has to be some good you can see in it. So when I kept thinking like, yeah, what good can come out of the COVID thing? She came out of it. Literally, she's been sucked out of yeah. limelight. <laughs> so now we have something good that came out of COVID. You know I mean, we have a cure, yeah, I mean, and we have no more else.
1: Actually, I mean, for, I mean like for us, like I said, my technical knowledge has skyrocketed just because I've gotten time to play with everything. And probably the other best thing for us out of COVID is Stephanie's business is like skyrocketing.
2: Oh, yeah, people <laughs> like to shop online when they're sitting at oh, home. Oh,
1: my God. <laughs> Stephanie wakes up in the morning like, what is up with people ordering stuff at 1 a.m.? Yeah, it's always at one two AM. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Oh, cause she didn't tell you about the infomercials that she put
1: out
2: there. <laughs> <Apparently>, <laughs> I mean I,
1: apparently I must be missing something. I mean, Instead
2: of Sham Wow, I took his time slot.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there is good in everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that is true, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm
2: right after the my pillow. My pillow, our pillow, and <laughs> shooting soul.
0: Yeah, but but I'll tell you like like I say, I couldn't go an episode without mentioning that person because it. I usually oh, don't yeah. like to mention her by name, but it's time <laughs> we mentioned her by yeah,
1: name. Yeah, just yeah, to get her out of here. But uh, like
2: Voldemort, well,
1: I think right now she's moved from like YouTube to TikTok, uh-huh. and the, the TikTok comments are as bad as the YouTube comments. <laughs> it's oh. just a nonstop barrage of "Don't do this," "Don't listen to this," "Don't do that." The only thing she's managed to kill her entire career is grout. Just stop listening.
0: <laughs> and, and we have Jesus. doubts about that one too. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. Did that, or she found roadkill? One, one of the two. I'm
1: shooting forty three pounds with FMJs. Good job. There's wrong arrows. You should not be shooting five hundred grain arrows at forty pounds. I got news for you. You know, <laughs> yeah, especially with a draw length that's two inches too short. Ah, uh,
0: so you know. It's been a blast with you guys on here um the the next thing that I'll come out with will be another podcast this week with the guy with that with that red dot site um and I'll put some pictures on there as well and uh also the video series I gotta put in there and, and get that rolling on YouTube and I'll frighten enough kids with seeing me on 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 video We'll see what happens but uh yeah we'll we'll get all that going and then we'll do another one of these of you know sometime soon uh a VXR twenty eight strings with OD green. Yeah, we'll be putting that together for you, getting that out there to you. Did you guys? Oh my God, she's
1: woo. smiling right now.
0: <laughs> did Did you guys run out of your um your liquid enhancement or not?
1: <laughs> uh Oh no, no. Trust me, we have found a local uh, store for Stephanie tequila.
0: Ah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> for the stuff that I sent her, that stuff is already gone. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, geez, yeah, that's, that's been gone. gone. <laughs> wow. Been gone. Okay. After the accident, yeah, Stephanie needs like, a, a week of just relaxing at night.
0: And which so. one did you prefer? <laughs> you preferred the clear one or the Rosado?
2: Oh, no, 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 the, the white, the, the, um, white, right? the Blanco. The white,
0: the white. Okay, the Blanco. Mm. Yeah,
2: my, the Blanco. I say it's so white, like Blanco. It's
0: <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish behind it. Terramana Blanco. Yeah. <laughs> Well the, the 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 two packages that I was trying to get out to you guys for the longest time will be heading out your way. So we'll we'll get you the strings. I'll make sure to, to I I had made the banana bread like four times trying to get that out to you, but because of everything that happened I couldn't get it out there. So we'll send that along with the with the uh, the fletching jig that i still have sitting in the box uh ready to go to you uh yeah that's gonna go your strings are gonna go you're gonna get a banana bread out there and a few other odds and ends that i can possibly send to you without stirring up anything in the U.S. postal services like security division so so we'll send some stuff out i think
2: i think uh once once anthony finishes up what he's working on then I think our packages will just be high-fiving each other as they (laughs) they go the opposite way. (laughs)
1: Probably, yeah. I I have most of them. Like I said, I have two different iterations of it. I just have to see which one is going to work best.
0: And whenever your your kids are old enough to shoot, then you should let me know because I will personally take a, a trip down there to get them started. So, oh,
2: my God. So, yeah, they have buddy
1: cord bows. They shoot each other all day long. They need
2: suction cups on them because they shoot the TV and our, our daughter is actually getting good aim with it. Yeah.
1: How old is she
0: now? Three. three. <laughs> so, <laughs> at she's four. She's three
1: and my son can shoot you from across the house with this Nerf gun that she's whistling ammo yeah. and it hurts like hell because they go so fast. Wow. Well, yeah,
0: I'll be sure to to get my get my rear down there and uh, maybe even bring her her first bow because I'm I have one of these pink uh, these pink bows sitting over here. She just got to be a little bit older to be able to shoot one of those. Um, but it's a regular compound bow, and I think it goes from like ten pounds all the way up to like forty or something like that. But whatever it is, no oh, But I'll make sure yeah. that that we get down there to see her because I got to take a trip to the Carolinas one of these days anyway. We'll see what happens.
1: Hey, it's a nice area, man. You know, we, everyone thinks of the Carolinas, and all they think about is Myrtle Beach and Charleston. There's yeah. a whole other side of the state where we yeah. are you on know, towards the Tennessee side.
0: Well, like I you like, know, like I asked you before, just see if you find a place for me to kill some pigs, because it'll be just me now instead of being being with a few other people. Oh, so. that
1: won't be a problem. <laughs> the, our the the Bo-tech that we deal with in Saluda, they are like out in fields almost nightly, just slaughtering hogs. Yeah. Really. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, the one him and his buddies go out. I think he posted a picture earlier today. Today alone they got four hogs. Oh, wow. See, and they're big. They're not tiny. These are probably 150, 200-pound hogs apiece.
0: I may need to drive down there for a week. I will take a rental car and not take my car because – I just got my car yesterday and I'm not going to ruin the lease miles on that thing, but, but I'll come down go. to rental or something like that. But the rental car story is a, the, the lease car story is another time. But, uh, so yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you guys for hanging out with me so long. It's, uh, been a lot of fun on here as usual, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the near future. I'm sure your businesses all blow up like they're supposed to. And, uh, we'll just see what happens. But, uh, Thanks again. So to all you guys who have been listening to this for the last 2 hours and 34 and 35 minutes, you know, thank you for joining us. Uh, as usual, if you want to if you want more information, be sure to contact us at highpowerarchery.com if you want to hear about the off-center archers, where can they find out about you guys?
1: Oh, we're on everything, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. I mean, there isn't a podcast platform that I don't think we're on right now. Yeah. Um, everything is listed under the same thing. Off center archers. Japanese business is shooting skulls. Yep. And actually you also have a, an eBay store now to be honest. EBay yeah. Store so too, I huh? have, <laughs> well,
2: I just started eBay. I'm still kind of learning how that whole setup is. Cause their whole system is doing things is a little different weird. It's like fact yeah. dated. They're like mm-hmm. five years behind everyone. I feel like, but it's, uh, on Etsy It's uh, shooting, uh, Oh my gosh! Shooting and on eBay it's s. because the word shooting is not allowed. So. <laughs> the word yeah, so if you want to hear
1: Angel be in a non-family-friendly environment, you can go to our podcast. That's for a podcast that's called "Taking Archery to the Higher Power" because I had to twist Angel's name into into the episode name, and um, yeah, you'll get to hear Angel lose his mind on some of the topics, and it's quite amusing. Yeah, if, if you guys, got,
0: you guys do another. podcast. They got one
1: of our archery friends. Oh my! Especially Arthur. You inspired Arthur, Arthur so bad that he specifically went out of his way and did something he never did and recorded a self I video. I saw that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I got some emotions rolling that day.
0: You guys do do. If you want to record another podcast, where well, I will cut loose. I will be happy to do that. That'd be no problem. You tell me where and when, and I will be there to do it. it won't be a problem yes sir but uh That's
1: definitely gotta happen
0: yeah as we close like i said uh thanks for joining us uh all you want to con you know contact us they gave you their information where you can find them uh you want to find me it's at com. you can find us on facebook and instagram and uh as we always say it's not uh it's not goodbyes until we see you next time so until then shoot screw Shoot straight and take care, everybody. Uh, And then we're just going to close out with our closing music.